Blog Talk Radio. The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS Radio Network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction and good morning. Today is February 25th, 2022, and here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition of the Serious Side of the Jake Rao Show. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there, but uh, I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones. You see, that's how far I've come. That's how far I've come. That's a long, that's a long way, isn't it? Besides, <laughs> uh, we've come a long way together. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting. As you see, black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. We're going to begin this hour, though, with a controversial court ruling in a case concerning in vitro fertilization. This medical procedure is commonly used by couples with fertility problems. Alabama's all-Republican Supreme Court ruled on Friday that the microscopic frozen embryos created during in vitro treatment have the same rights as children. It was 59 years ago this week that civil rights leader Malcolm X was assassinated, February 21, 1965, as he stood at the podium before a crowd here in New York in Harlem's Audubon Ballroom. His wife, Betty Shabazz, pregnant with twins, and his four daughters were in the ballroom looking on. As Malcolm began speaking, a man shouted, accusing another of picking his pocket, creating a disturbance. A smoke bomb was thrown. Amidst the confusion, three gunmen at the front of the hall opened fire. Malcolm was hit 17 times in the ensuing hail of bullets. He died on the stage as chaos erupted. Online radio at its best. Lord Jesus, thank you for this new day. I thank you for life. I thank you for health and your divine joy. I ask today that you strengthen my faith. Help me to be a person who is rooted in you, who completely and totally trusts you. I know that your word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And Father, my desire, my prayer, is that I have enough faith to please you. So I ask that you give faith like some of the great men and women of the Bible. Give me the faith and determination that the woman with the issue of blood had. 
if I can just touch the hem of your garment. If I can just be in your presence. Give me faith like Daniel and Job that if I were to lose everything, if I were thrown in a den of lions, if my house and car were taken from me, I would still praise you. I would still place my trust in you. I pray that I have strong faith in God to be able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Lord, give me the boldness of the three Hebrew boys, the boldness to remove every idol in my life, the boldness to refuse to bow down to anything that tries to take your place in my life. Help me to be bold enough to remove it, whether it be a relationship or my career. Help me not to bow down to any other gods that try to take your place. God, give me the faith of Moses so that when you speak to me and call me to do your work or when the time comes for me to step into my destiny calling, I will not doubt. Give me the faith to step out and walk on water when my mind says, you can't do that or you will never succeed at that. I pray for bold faith that will push back and say, with God, all things are possible. Give me the measure of faith that truly believes you are the God of I am, and you will make a way when there seems to be no way. Lord, I pray for a heart of worship like David. I, too, want to chase after your heart. I, too, want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I want to be obedient like Noah, so that when the naysayers try and talk me out of your calling over my life, may I have the strength, belief, and conviction to obey you regardless. Father, I pray for wisdom like Solomon, so that I may be able to navigate this life so that I may be a positive influence over my family and friends. Make me a better person. Refine the impurities in my heart, and Father, I pray, may you increase in my life as I decrease. Amen. Four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious out on a beautiful Sunday. I'm Jay Ralph. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your day with us. We really and truly appreciate it. Now, before I bring my family in, I just want to say we're hearing that there may be some technical difficulties. So, if you can hear my voice, uh, that's a good thing. If you can't hear my voice, then why am I talking to you in the first place? But anyway, hopefully, if you can find a way to get in, get in. If you're listening after the fact, that's okay. As long as you get the knowledge, that's what's most important. And as always, I never share this thing by myself. Our big sis is in the house. Mr. Nessa May Belly from the McAnellys here. Mr. Elias is in the house as well. We'll bring them both in. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you on this beautiful Sunday? Good morning. I, I, I hope it's a beautiful Sunday because it was absolutely beautiful yesterday here in Houston, Texas. Absolutely. It was a beautiful day. 78 degrees. 
just, uh, just that. I'm doing my French kiss. Like just, oh my God, just perfect weather. Uh, glad you guys are, uh, glad you're in the house. My man, who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, and one, good morning, Nessa, one, good morning, Momo B, one, good morning, Kathleen, one, good morning, Marianne Music, one, good morning, Real D, one, good morning, Rich Sister, and good morning, my brother Hawking, good morning, my brother Jerome. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Once again, the number is 347 You can be a participant in today's show. You can either call in or you can hang out in the world-famous chat room, or you can listen from the plethora of websites that carry this show live. We appreciate you being in the house. As always, you know what we do at this time. We rap and clap about things that will not make the main agenda, but things that uh, I definitely think we need to have a conversation about. Mr. Elias, South Carolina, Trump won. Nikki Haley continues to stay in the race. Why, sir? Why? Well, you know, like I said, man, it's not a bad thing for, for the Biden administration. You think it is? I don't. I think she stays in, and that, that that's her pounding on Trump, and so is Biden. So it's, it's a double win. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. You know, and, 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 and I guess they told Trump don't even acknowledge her, but sooner or later, he can't hold true to form, so he's going to acknowledge her. And he's going to say what he wants to say, and it's going to be funny, and I know it will. By the way, we can't get in the know, chat room as well. Say what now, Mr. Elias? We can't get in the chat room as well. It's, it's down. Okay, Lots so the chat room's right. down. Well, yeah, well, it, it is doing what it's doing, so whatever, folks. We just won't, we, Look, thank you so much for just trying to deal with this, and we'll continue to see can we fix it on our end. But unfortunately, obviously, we do not have the admin controls for this platform. Uh, Vanessa, exit polls say that the majority of South Carolina voters think that Trump would be fit to be president, even if convicted. So your comment on that particular statement and why does Nikki Haley continues to stay in this race? You know, didn't he go to court and march something so if let's say something happens where he is indicted or he's gonna go to jail or which we know it ain't gonna happen, but maybe she's thinking that if he stays in there, he's the next person that's up, she'll get the position. Maybe that's what she's thinking. I don't know. Maybe she's thinking that if she stays in there and the numbers are kinda high, maybe he'll pick her as a vice. I don't know. But I think I say stay in there and just get on his nerves and rack his brains. That's what I say. If she want to stay in there, yeah. stay in there. Anything that works yeah. his nerves works for me. Well, you know, like Mr. Elliott said, I'm not really a fan of uh, her staying in because I do believe that's exactly what she's waiting for. She's waiting to see if he gets convicted and if he gets sent to jail, then she's the last person standing. Plus, you know, at the at the convention, so you know, delegates can. I was going to, to, to tell you why. Oh, oh, uh, uh, no problem. Uh, you know, the delegates, delegates can nominate their own person for the party. It bothers me because I really truly think that if it, if it becomes a head-to-head between her and Biden, that she would win. 
just that's what I believe because she is uh, she's a representation of a normal Republican, right? I mean, even though she's kind of wishy-washy on some things, but for the most part, you know, she is uh, she represents the Republican Party of the past. And I really and truly believe that when you look at the polling on the economy and, you know, you have this situation that's going on uh, in the Middle East, uh, I mean, with Israel and, and, you know, with the Gaza Strip, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, you know, there's just a lot of headwinds for the Biden administration, and I believe that she's a threat. I don't think Trump will beat him one-on-one, but I do think Nikki Haley has a good shot at dethroning him. And at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to maintain the White House, keep the White House. So that's the reason why I don't want her to stay in the race. I want Trump to win the GOP nomination. I really and truly do. Well, I'm just being honest. I just said like, why. Because I, uh, I don't think she'll beat what? them head to head, to be honest. I don't think she'll beat them head to head, to be honest. I don't. I, I don't well, care what the okay, well. says. She, she yeah. couldn't even win in her own state. She couldn't even win in her own state. Yeah, but not. that's what that's but see that's yeah, but see that's with Republican voters, man. Now I will say this: you did bring up an excellent point. The fact that a lot of independents are not voting for Trump, and so that's the reason why I think in a general election he won't win. A lot of but a lot of independents did vote for Nikki Haley. Now that may be a ploy, but at the end of the day, those types of numbers scare me. Just being honest. Okay, there you go. They don't right, scare me. Comments? They don't scare me. They don't scare me because I'm telling you, it's, it's okay, man. Look, we'll, we'll see what she's made of because I, I, I'm trying to remember what state once they get to where everybody can vote. It doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, or whatever. And ain't a right hand thing or whatever. Whether you're Democrat or Republican. So when they get to that one state, I'm thinking this. I, I want to say it's Michigan. Well, it is Michigan. Well, the South well, Carolina is that state. Y'all know what I'm scared of. Let me tell y'all what I'm scared of. I'm scared, scared that of. these youngsters are going to do just like they did when Hillary and everybody else was running and nobody went to go vote. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that these youngsters are not going to go vote. I swear well, to God. Uh, look, I agree with you. Well, well, I agree with you, and that, that's kind of a segue into something else that I wanted to talk about this morning in the few minutes we have left. What's happening in Michigan? You know, uh, there being uh, uh, Democratic voters are being asked to vote uncommitted uh, to the to on Biden for, for, on the uh, in the primary because they're trying to send a message that hey, guess what? We don't like your policies when it comes to Israel. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. Democrats get in their own way. I'm just not a fan of them doing this. But I guess, if I'm being objective here, how do you express your discontent with an administration who continues to support Israel, right, when Israel is telling them to go kick rocks? You know, I mean, we want Israel to do one thing, and they're telling us to hell with you. We're going to do what we want to do. So, Vanessa, I guess in a way, the only way you can protest is with your vote. But I don't like it. I don't like it. But I get it. Let's say you. I don't even know what to say about that, Jay. I think all of this is just such madness. I think that he's still there. Oh, and I got to send you out a picture. 
he stood there last night with orange hair looking like Cheetos. <laughs> and I don't understand why he has not said one single solitary thing, y'all. Trump has not said one thing as to what he's going to do to better this country or to change or Israel or Ukraine or nothing. And people just love him. I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't either. I don't get it. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's that's the world in which we live. So it's it's hard to get. It's hard to understand. But you know, Mr. Elias, I'll ask you the same question. I mean, I get, I understand that your vote is your voice, and if you're trying to protest something, then I guess the only way to speak is through your vote. But at the end of the day, my concern is if you're putting out so much, you're putting that out in the atmosphere. You know, what type of residual effect it will have come November. You know, because a lot of African-American voters in Michigan are saying, hey, you know what, we're seeing people of color be killed. The images out of Gaza, is that, man, they're, they're, they're ridiculous. They're, they're horrible. And even mm-hmm. though I do understand what the uh, Biden administration is saying, the Biden administration is doing this. They're, they're, they're saying all the right things publicly, but they're trying to get this thing handled behind the scenes. But that's not the game Netanyahu is playing. He's saying, look, I don't give a damn what y'all say. We're going to continue to do what we want to do. And so folks are saying, well, damn, our taxpayer money is going to a country who is just giving us the middle finger. When we're telling them we don't like the way they're handling their business. So I guess this is the only way you can speak up, right? Yeah, I, I would have to agree that's the only way you can speak up. But, you know, you can do that in the primary. But, hey, man, when it comes to the general election, <laughs> When, when Trump tries to pass that insurrection act and he becomes president, you know, all your freedoms are gone. That's one thing you got to look at. You want, you, you want your freedom to speak? Well, look at this. This cat is trying to pass what? When he gets in office, they're, they're trying to invoke the insurrection act. And for those who don't know what the insurrection act is, that means he can send the military in. And even if your state don't agree with it, your military, the military can take over policing actions. So if you go out to protest, guess what you can do? Your your ass can be thrown in jail. So hey, keep all this in mind when you when you're out here protesting that vote. So well, Russia has that girl in jail. Speaking of that, Les, Russia has that girl in jail because she gave a donation to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, it's crazy. And that's what this is what Trump wants. He wants an autocracy. That's what's called an autocracy, folks. Where where he's the he, he's the ruler and the exalter of the United States and he can do whatever he wants to do. He got a taste of that power and he wants it back. And guess what? You guys that are voting for him, uh, that are loving him, guess what? If you go and do your research, he wants to revoke an insurrection act, and the insurrection act is so vague, it has not been updated in years. And Congress and the Senate is not going to do anything to update it. You know why? Because he's going to tell them not to. And they're not going to do anything. Because yeah. there, there is puppets. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, we're two minutes over. It starts with NPR News Update, and then we'll be right back to talk about the main topics this morning. Don't you go anywhere. 347 After this. Mm-hmm. 
Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Former President Donald Trump has won South Carolina's Republican presidential primary, according to the Associated Press. NPR's Ashley Lopez has more. Trump has now won every contest for the party's nomination where he has appeared on the ballot. This latest win is not exactly a surprise. Trump was leading in the polls in this very conservative state throughout the entire race. This is, though, a major blow to former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley's bid for the Republican nomination. South Carolina is Haley's home state. She was elected twice as governor there just a decade ago. Despite the significant money and time spent by the Haley campaign in South Carolina, she was unable to garner enough support in the state, including from leaders in the party. The next presidential contest is Tuesday when Michigan holds its primary election. Ashley Lopez, NPR News. Nikki Haley says she is off to Michigan today and continuing on to the Super Tuesday states beyond that. Her focus, she is telling fellow Republicans, is the general election. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. (laughs) Nearly every day, Trump drives people away. Haley got around 40% of the vote in the South Carolina GOP primary, and she says that while she knows that's not 50%, it's also not a tiny share of the vote. Ukrainians in San Antonio, Texas, rallied this weekend to commemorate two years since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Texas Public Radio's Kayla Padilla reports that San Antonio has welcomed more than 20 Ukrainian families since the start of the war in 2022. Over 100 people came to show support for San Antonio's growing Ukrainian refugee community. 16-year-old Aksenia Petrovska was only 14 years old when she woke up to the sound of explosions outside her home. Her new life in San Antonio is an adjustment, and she says she wants to graduate high school early to focus on helping her home country. I think I can go to the front line of the army as, like, probably combat nurse because it's easier to achieve. Petrovska is living with her parents, sister, and dog that they were able to bring from Ukraine. In the short term, she wants to fundraise locally to send aid back to Ukraine. I'm Kayla Padilla in San Antonio. In Belarus, polls have opened for tightly controlled parliamentary and local elections. Despite opposition calls for a boycott, the elections are set to cement the rule of authoritarian leader President Alexander Lukashenko. He's ruled Belarus for almost 30 years and says he'll run for the presidency of Belarus again next year. The nation has a population of 9.5 million with four officially registered political parties. This is NPR News. wouldn't do that. So why do you do this? Distracted driving kills an average of nine people and injures over a thousand every day in America. Put down your phone. Lives depend on it. Don't drive intoxicated. Don't drive intoxicated. A sobering message from AAA. Online radio at its best. Donald Trump was in uh, South Carolina yesterday speaking to the Black Conservative Federation, which is an odd group 
by my estimation. Obviously, not black. Haven't gone through the world in my life experiencing that which black people on the regular uh, experience. But, uh, you know, I can logically deduce some of the, uh, the, the, the problems faced by the black community that largely are brought about by conservatism and white supremacy. And the Republican Party, I'll say it again, is the largest, most effective white supremacy organization on the planet. On the planet. Without doubt. So it's strange to me that any group of black people would come together in celebration of Donald Trump. Interestingly enough, I went to their website, the Black Conservative Federation, and of the nine members uh, of the board, over 20% of them are white people. Donald Trump made some obviously characteristically racist and problematic uh, statements during his speech that is, again, off the rails. He is slipping away. His grasp on reality is diminished, without a doubt. show i thought that clip had some more actually i thought we were going to be able to hear the comments that he made about looking out and seeing black people let me see if i can get that loaded just in case you're just joining us and you haven't heard his remarks but anyway so this guy stands up in front of a black crowd at a black conservative something which you heard in the hit that basically uh there were like only nine people i think that are black that's associated with this nonsense uh they were there were black folks in the audience uh, uh, uh what i don't well there were mostly white people in the audience i guess i should say and so he says all oh, the lights are bright and you know and i all i see is black and i'll find the the, the comments and get them in so you can hear them but you know I cannot understand for the life of me that if you look like me, look like Mr. Elias, look like Vanessa, look like Jerome, how the hell could you even fix yourself or put yourself in a position to vote for this man? I, I, I mean, it is it is something that, in my opinion, is un-effing believable. You know, they were talking to some South Carolina voters. They were saying, these people are dug in, and they're not going They're going to vote for Trump no matter what. And they said, let's talk to one of these voters. And guess what? He looks just like me. And I'm like, damn, really, sister? Let's tell you, yes, man, what is it, man? I don't get it. This guy, every opportunity he gets to show you that he's a racist and he don't like you, you still vote for him. <laughs> And Dude, I see I, black. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you what, what they're going to say. Oh, he was just joking. He, was, he wasn't being serious. Come on, the man can't tell a joke. That's where they're going to go with that. What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet that, that he – and then he said, I got a lot better than what I used to say, huh? And I used to call you niggas, didn't I? <laughs> This is the hypocrisy that we live with. This is the things that we live with all day long, every day. 
and these people are going to keep voting for him. You know why? Because they're ignorant. They don't care. They don't give a damn because they, you know, they don't, they, they, well, they don't see the whole entire picture. Well, let me push yeah. you. Let me push you on this a little bit. Is okay. it fair to say when you tell people every week to vote your pocketbook and vote uh, what you know what's best for your family? If these people are, are mm-hmm. we, should we give them the benefit of the doubt saying, hey, you know what? I'm voting my pocketbook. I'm voting for what mm-hmm. I believe in for conservative values. So is it fair to say that they're ignorant when you tell people every week to vote, you know, for those pocketbook issues and things that's going to affect their particular community? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you the same thing Dave Chappelle told him. He said he don't even okay. like y'all. He like me better than y'all because I got money. And if you got money, Trump loves you. If you ain't got no money, he don't give a damn about you. So I, I'm guaranteeing a lot of these people that, that are out there voting for him ain't got the kind of money that, he, that he's accustomed to having or that's in front of him when I say that. So if you're voting for your pocketbook, and, and, and how your money is running, and, and, and you telling me that Trump is your man, then, you know, come on, man, let's just be honest. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the stock market, the market has, has record profits right now, right? Don't hear him tell that. Okay. You know, what, you, know, you know what Trump said when he said that? Oh, they're, they're doing that on my fumes. So don't don't They're doing that on what? And when you t- on his fumes, because he, whatever fumes was left over, it was because of, it, the market is doing well because it was him, what he put in place. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it, 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 well, tough. we can say the same thing. Well, we can say the same thing about him uh, with President Obama, but okay, go ahead. But, uh, but, but when, you vote, when you're voting your conscience, vote, vote, vote your conscience and your pocketbook. You can't tell me a lot of these people out there are, are billionaires. That's all Trump wants to That's all he's saying. Well, you're not a billionaire. Uh, you're not a billionaire. Okay. You're doing well. Okay. I mean, but I'm what going, I'm saying I'm is, is it fair? And, is and, it and, fair and, and if he gets to back in office, will I continue to do well? Because he's trying to take away my pension. You're talking about stuff that's going to hurt me. I'm not going to vote nothing that's going to hurt saying, me. Man. You, what are you saying? Okay. I should vote for something that hurts no, me. I'm, no, I'm just right saying now. that you're, <laughs> you're telling people to vote their conscience, and then, you know, now you're coming back and you call them ignorant. I, I'm just, I'm just okay. saying. Is, I mean, your, is your conscience not ignorant? Your conscience can't be ignorant? Well, I don't know. I don't, okay. I mean, I don't, I never thought about it that deep, but I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Vanessa? Uh, you know, once again, why do I mean? Why do we continue this? Why? Do, well, I say we because I'm talking about our race. It's unbelievable that there are people who look like us who vote for this man. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, what the hell are we talking about here? How can you be so naive to think that this guy gives two s's about you? You know, he doesn't. Matter of fact, he really don't give a damn about. It. He don't like poor people anyway. Let's just keep, let's just be real about it. But he plays on. He well, he's about to join those ranks if he keeps getting hit now with all these different things that are going on. But but you know, let's look, let me play the comments because I got them loaded. Let's play his comments and then Vanessa, I want I want to hear from you on the other side. 
These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there. But uh, I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones, you see? That's how far I've come. That's how far I've come. That's a long, that's a long way, isn't it? These lights. Uh, we've come a long way together. So there you go. So this clown says that he can only see the black ones. The lights are so bright that I can only see the black ones. And, and you know, and there are reports that when, they, when you pan through the crowd, that the majority of the crowd were white folks. So I guess he's saying that the white light blinded the white people. Now, I mean, I don't know what his logic is. I think he's a lunatic, but I'll digress. So, so once again, answer, you know, riddle me this. Why do we still find people in our community that support this guy? One vote for him from a black person is one vote too many, if you ask me. What say you? Okay, so it was something at my sister's house about two weeks ago, and these are people who don't even vote um, because they got felonies or whatever it was 20 years ago, so they don't even vote. But they're good people now. So... Their words are, even though they don't vote, is I think that Trump can stop that war and that money going over for that war. And I think that he can bring the economy back up. But first of all, you don't even deal with the stock market. I don't know why the hell you talking to me about a stock market. Uh, I'm making a comment for me to hear about a stock market because I, my words were, you know, sometimes I just can't help myself. My words were, I didn't know you had a, a job with a 401K. Or you did you had a portfolio, <laughs> and so they were like, "No, cousin, it's it's not that. It's it's just you know I I hear about what's going on with the economy. I listen to the news and blah blah blah." I said, "Okay, so I love you, but unless you have some money invested that you can win or lose, do not talk to me about the stock market, and don't talk to me about the fact that it's going up or down because of Trump." So I am here to tell y'all, and I'm going to repeat this again. These people are not going to get out. If Biden don't start opening his mouth and getting out, I even I haven't heard Biden get out and say anything about what he's going to do or what Trump has done. or I, Even I haven't heard Biden say anything, and I know I'm on the news stations, y'all. So if I don't hear him, did you think these young kids hear him? Y'all, I'm telling y'all, I worry, not because of what dumbass get up there and say about black people, because the young people don't even hear him saying it. They don't even hear him saying it. They're not looking at that. And they're not listening. And Biden's not saying anything. So stop and think about it. If Biden is not talking up the Democrats and the economy is going up a little bit, the kids aren't listening to the news. They don't know if the money's coming from when Obama was in office, when Biden was in office, or who. All they know is the economy's going up a little bit, and Biden's not talking about what he's going to do to help them. So, y'all, I'm going to stick with what I'm saying. I think it's going to be that problem where those kids are not going to get out and vote. And I don't care what, yeah, what, what orange Cheeto head, because he looked like a Cheeto last night. I don't know and don't care what Cheeto head got to say. All I know is that Biden needs to speak up and start talking up. These kids can hear him because right now all they hear is Trump, and that's the truth. 
and all they're talking about is the economy. Now, my daughter's friends got money invested in, and they're like, oh, I'm going to put some money for mine, and blah, 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 and I'm going to go take a trip. One of Bobby's friends just said, and hell, I just said, I'm going to start getting my overage of what I'm gaining, and I'm going to start using it while I'm gaining it instead of leaving it in there. So, and you you know the bad part, Vanessa? The economy is doing excellent. The, the economy is. is doing so excellent. It is killing the, he's killing the economy. He is doing an excellent job with the economy, but the messaging sucks. The I messaging sucks. Yep. I'm it telling does. I, and I can't Jay. The, the messaging sucks because you watch the news channels. You need to go where these people don't watch the news. Right. Right. Preach. 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 The because they're not, they're not hearing it. People don't even realize that by, they, they talk about how much Trump gave to the black black um, HBCU. And, and, and the, the thing of it is, he just signed an executive order that every president since Jimmy Carter had. Biden has given $7 billion to the HBCU that people don't even know about. He's given okay, well, more Kamala, money than any other president. Kamala needs to get up there and talk about president. it. Yeah, he's giving more money to any president to HBCUs, and they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't count that. But you know, unless you do your research, and you got to do your research on what he's done. Do no you got to do your research the, on how the majority of the Americans, the majority of the Americans, don't give a damn about him giving money to a HBU. This is beyond but, 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 the young but, but, black folks do. But the black, oh the young God. black kids in their thirties, they do, they do. Because let me well, tell well, you, Jay, Jessica and them get out there with the TSU thing in October and get up and show up and show out with their gear, their tents, their canopies. They are HBCU back. Bobby's cousin in Carolina, she is exactly. We came to plan a family trip. For October, because these youngsters go to all of their college uh, uh, parties or whatever it is that they have reunion gatherings that they have, they do listen, Jay. They they they, they do. do care. They pay when attention. You to HBCU, yes, they do care. And Texas, and if you they walk on the care. if you walk on the college campus, and, and, and all you hear is Biden's too old, but you'll never hear that he gave more money than any other president at, at the HBCU. That's because he These ain't are the talking about kids. it. These are the college kids that got to get out and vote, that he's giving money to. And when they say, I don't know, I might vote for Trump. And a lot of these people say, I had more money when Trump was in office because of them PPPs. You know who signed those PPPs in office? And, 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 and to give them to you, it was your Democratic Congress. But Trump, uh, Trump put his name on them. I'm telling you one thing he's good at is Connor. He, put, he waited to put his name on them so you could think the money was from Trump. This is how this is how this is how we this is how the messaging comes across. Okay, 100%. I mean, I agree with you, Les. One hundred. Well, I'm well. I'm not saying I don't agree with them. I'm just saying that you know we're talking about African American kids. Listen, they're going to look. The media is going to show them what the media is going to show them. You have to do your homework. You're talking about, you know, the, you know, Biden's not talking. You could go on, on a whitehouse.gov and get all this messaging. Okay, I mean, Jay. You, so you, know, you can Jay, go and wait. follow C-SPAN where they Jay, follow the remarks of the president. So, children. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to go put in the work to go find this information. 
you know what? I bet you Jay's kids ain't doing no no research if they didn't have you as their daddy. Well, I'm not saying they are. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What do you want to ask? Why are we always talking about Trump? Because you know why? Because I'm gonna tell you why. Because we need mm-hmm. to be we need to be the ones that sounds the alarm on this clown. That's why. Okay. Because we have uh, you know it, we have black conservatives that tune in sometimes. I've had gotten messages from people saying, "Y'all you know what?" Is I'm sorry. Advertisement? Is it getting? Y'all not giving free. What does that mean? Really? Really? Did we just talk about? Did we just talk about what Trump said? What type of free advertisement is he getting, Mr. Elias? People cover him, but guess what? Uh, listen, w- w- listen. You get free advertisement if you point the cameras on him and then just let him talk and spew his nonsense without fact checking him. Got to have an opposition. With the opposition. Can you say when Dr. King, can you say when Dr. King was talking about Jim Crow and George Wallace, oh, he got free, he got free advertisement? No, they were the voices of opposition. We're not going to sit back and just let them say what we want to say without uh, going at them. It's crazy. Not getting no damn free wow. advertisement on this show. It's crazy. Hey, this did well, as a matter of fact, how many, let's see how many things does he dominate here. Uh, the first three segments he's dominated. I don't give a Am damn. Right but but the but the bottom line is is that we're the opposition. We're not sitting here and say, Oh, Donald Trump is saying this and, and we're just gonna let him say what he wants to say. No. What we do is we provide context to that nonsense that he spews every day and every week. You no know, damn okay. free advertising. Do so. you see Trump fans so. lined up to listen to us? Yeah, well, you know what, you have opposition, <laughs> you can laugh and giggle all you want to, like I brought up with Dr. King. The bottom line is, he talked about Jim Crow everywhere he went. Does that mean they would get the Ku Klux Klan? Are we giving them free? No, you're the voices of opposition. You have to mm-hmm. rise up and stand up. You can't sit back mm-hmm. and let people say what they want to say without challenging it. Period. As it, to me, it's a tsunami. As tsunami. I, I don't even watch the news half the time anymore because I'm sick of hearing about him. I'm well, there you go. You. And, and people have that choice. I'm sick of it. People have that choice. I'm sick of it. You know why? There you go. And he dom- why? He dominated. Instead of them talking about what, what what's going on in the country and how good the economy is and this and that, what do they do? They go to Trump. Trump did this today. Oh, he did this today. Oh, he did this today. He dominates at well, least so, 70% so, of the news So cycle. what do you want people to do then, Mr. Elias? You want news outlets just to ignore what's going on? Don't you think no, that those negative headlines? Well, what are you how talking about? about? Every day? How, about, how about half the show is not dominated by Donald Trump? How about that? Well, I tell you what, the next Sunday, I tell you what, then, hey, listen, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's easy to cheer for the chief seats. Tell you what, you come up with all the topics for next week, and we'll talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. How about that? Okay, no problem. There you go, no problem. Just get no all your stuff problem. in by Friday. No problem. No get it all problem. by Friday so we can get it no. all edited. 347-850-1272. No 
it is February is Black History Month, and uh, all this month we're celebrating the mm-hmm. achievements of African Americans. So now, guess what? Now, do you wonder why we have uh, February is Black History Month? I know a lot of people say, well, <laughs> why they pick the shortest month of the year to celebrate Black History? Well, guess what? Though there's a reason for the there's a reason for the madness, and so we'll talk about it. Coming up next, and state your case, not state your case, but on the need-to-know basis, look at me. This dude got me spoiled. I'm going to punch his freaking lights out. All right, listen. It's convenient time. Well, I know you got better sense than that. Boy, I want it, boy. Oh, you know, we got you know, you time. In four minutes. Yeah, whatever, clown. In four minutes or less, something that you know. <laughs> We'll be right back after this. February is known as Black History Month. During this time, the stories, achievements, and milestones of African Americans are commemorated, with the media and classrooms across the country putting these into focus. In this episode of Let's Teach, I'll explain exactly why Black History Month is celebrated in February. Okay, we can't talk about Black History Month without getting to know a historian named Carter G. Woodson who is widely regarded as the pioneer of the field of African-American studies. In the early 20th century, he co-founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, or ASNLH for short, after being inspired by the national celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation, which lasted for three whole weeks. The ASNLH began as a way to encourage American scholars to examine black history, which was a subject that had long been ignored by academia. Their efforts to get this topic into the mainstream increased throughout the years, and in 1926, they, along with Woodson, launched Negro History Week. The second week of February was chosen for this celebration because it encompassed the birthdays of former United States President Abraham Lincoln and the renowned abolitionist Frederick Douglass, who were born on February 12th and February 14th, respectively. Both men had contributed greatly to liberating African Americans from slavery, which was why Woodson chose to honor their legacy. It didn't take long before Negro History Week turned into a month-long celebration of the African American community and their achievements. The celebration took on even more significance in the 1960s, a decade that saw an increasing number of black people becoming conscious of their identity and shared heritage. In 1976, the ASNLH, which was later renamed the Association for the Study of African American Life and History, advocated for the institutionalization of Black History Month. Their pleas reached the White House, where then-President Gerald Ford made it official. He further urged the public to participate in the celebration, saying that they should seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. His statement would be echoed by most subsequent presidents. For example, President Joe Biden released a statement saying that this February, during Black History Month, 
I call on the American people to honor the history and achievements of black Americans and to reflect on the centuries of struggle that have brought us to this time of reckoning, redemption, and hope. President Biden ended this statement poignantly, saying that we do so not only because it is the right thing to do, but because it is the smart thing to do and benefits all of us in this nation. Due to restrictions brought on by the COVID-19 global pandemic, organizations have had to be a little more creative with their Black History Month celebrations. The Association for the Study of African American Life and History chose the theme Black Health and Wellness and offered a virtual festival on their website that featured relevant discussions such as Black Bodies, African American Contributions to Medical Discovery and Public Health, along with an author's book talk about the book These Shoulders I Stand On. So, did you know the origin story of Black History Month? I didn't. Online radio at its best. If you want to know what Trump campaign staffers think about you, just watch Fox News like this weekend when they gushed over Donald Trump's new ploy for money. A limited edition series of gaudy gold $400 Trump sneakers. And like they always do on Fox, somebody said the quiet part out loud on what the big sneaker strategy is really all about. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting, as you see black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. Seriously? Welcome back in 347-850-1272. Once again, make a shiny object and expect black people to gravitate to it. Once again, just insulting to our people and everything that we represent. It kind of reminds me back in the 90s, if you remember the 90s, uh, they had these huge, they had these uh, air fresheners that, uh, I cannot find my mouse. Wow. Uh, turn this thing down. What's going on this morning? Uh, can't find my off. Oh, there it is. Okay, thank you. All right, so uh, back in the 90s, they had these air fresheners that they used to sell. They were uh, like uh, crowns, and they were big, and, and people had them in their cars Hello. and in their dads. Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. What the hell is going on here? What is, what is that? Okay. All right, anyway. All right, so uh, they had these big old gold medallions that they would have, and they were air fresheners. And so every black person you knew had one of these in their car. I didn't have one, but country black folks, they did. Everywhere you drove, you saw them. And I remember when they interviewed the person who was responsible for making this stuff. And that person said on TV, um, we, buy, we make this stuff because we know black people like big, shiny things, and this guy was a racist, and y'all were putting money in his pocket. So, Vanessa, let me start with you. You know, to me, this is just a ploy to, once again, to appease black people. It's a, it's a stereotype that has been going on for years with us, and, and to me, I think it's also a way for him to make some money because I think his ass... These finances, all this stuff that's happening legally is is hitting him. And every day he don't pay that fine in New York, that's $100,000 every day. 
So what say you in regards to, once again, here we go, stereotyping black folks, that we like big, shiny, gold things? And they're hideous. I don't know why anyone would buy them anyway, but, you know, I'll digress. Go ahead. You ought to see my lips poked out over here. You really should see my lips poked out. I had to ask Bobby Jones, what are you talking about? He was telling me those big old crown things. That was we didn't. I saw them, but my world didn't have those things because my world kind of thought they were ghetto. So my mama, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had to go back and ask about them things. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't have them in my world, but yes, I did see them, and I don't know why. Uh-huh. They think that if it's that black people do all the gold chains and ropes and the. Oh, and well, because we do. Somebody, somebody Look at Deion Sanders. Y'all do. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody <laughs> over here saying yeah, because y'all do. And he yeah, we do. <laughs> well, and he hey, hey Bobby Jones, he's right. <laughs> no, he's right. we know. He's right. Y'all, yeah, like yeah, we do. Um, yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, I I don't know why they put us with the ghetto stuff. I don't know why when I'm out somewhere, if I say I don't eat chitlins, I don't eat hog milk, I don't eat greens. When I tell people I don't eat greens, black and white, they lose their mind. I don't know why they think that because we're black, that there are certain things that we eat and drink. And I think it is hilarious when they want to put up red soda and watermelon for Juneteenth in Texas. I just think that all of that I just think all of that is so stupid and ridiculous to cast us out like that. I just do. Because now you got just as many white people eating oxtails as you do black people because mm-hmm. now black people can't afford them. But at first the black people was eating the oxtails and the white people was turning up their nose. So it's like they need, all need to get a grip and regroup what they're saying about what black people wear, do, eat. They need to regroup because guess what? I pray that all of their white children marry somebody black. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was almost a drop the mic moment. I don't know what to say about that one. Uh, so, well, I, t- I tell you what, for me, it, you know, once again, all it does is shows that, this man is desperate. All it shows is that, once again, they look at us in a certain light. All of us fall into one category. We like big, gold, shiny things. You know, people always associate crime with African Americans. Uh, yep. People always associate food stamps with African Americans. When you go yep. back and look, that there are more poor white people on food stamps than there are African Americans. But, you know, it's always we're lazy. Uh, we're all, oh, we, we, you know, we, we this, we that. And trust me, there are examples of, you know, I was watching a video the other day how this guy just walks in. He was dressed in all black with red Jordans on, walks in with a mask over his face, and just broad daylight. You know, if you go to the Apple store or go to, like, a Verizon store, they have the phones on the cables where you can kind of play with them and touch them. He just walked in and was just snatching them right off the thing. He didn't run. He just took his damn time. And people just stood around and, you know, put a camera on him. And I was reading the comments, and, you know, and you saw it. Uh, see, black people. White folks still too, America. 
But once again, but, 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 one but, person but, does but, it in our race, it represents all, what? Jay, they're too busy watching us. Bobby tells the story to everybody. We were in Pally Royal and Lord and Taylor. They were so busy watching me and my friend and Bobby walk around the store that somebody, white, grabbed two of them, grabbed a whole rounder of clothes and ran out. <laughs> they were so, and Bobby was screaming with his quiet self, that's what y'all asses get watching us. Walking around the show, watching us, and they and they did. They they grabbed a rounder of clothes, and Bobby tells everybody that story. Walked up with a rounder of clothes, and so there has been times, even my white Republican friends, when we and I've said this story before recently, we were out on the shore, we were walking through the the shops when you get off the boat, and they were watching me, watching me. Now, wasn't watching the Mexicans and the other white people. My white Republican friend said, why are y'all watching her? Why are y'all watching her? Go watch them over there. Sure did. Mm-hmm. So I'm That's telling right. you. nothing new for us. I'm telling you. Y'all need to take y'all eyes off of us and watch your own people that's robbing y'all asses blind. Because all <laughs> black people... Don't have to steal. All black people ain't broke. So y'all need to take y'all eyes off of us and put y'all eyes on your own people that's robbing y'all blind. I'm just saying. Three, four, I guess three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the uh, call the number. Three minutes before the top of the hour. Hopefully you guys are making your way into the chat room because I have been doing some things during the commercial breaks. You can't hear the show. It's just the chat room is not an option. So hopefully you're listening, and uh, unfortunately they can get this thing fixed. I think I know what happened with uh, with, with uh, this thing today, but uh, I'll just keep that to myself. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with you on it. Uh, I think that you know, once again, it's just that mentality that we, you know, and, I, and it goes back to slavery. You know, we're the lazy ones. We're, we're this. You know, and I know if you've been listening to the show, you know what I'm about to say next. Yeah, but, you know, we're the lazy ones, but y'all the ones that had slaves. <laughs> y'all, y'all the ones that brought people over here to do your work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. The White House was built by slaves. I was watching something on MSNBC. D.C. was built by uh, slaves. Not only the White House, D.C. was built by slaves. Not the White House, D.C. Watch the D.C. that you see was built by slaves. Not the White House. Oh, every, the, the Washington Monument. The Lincoln Monument, all that stuff was built by slaves and designed by slaves. So, uh, Tremaine Lee, who was a correspondent with MSNBC, uh, is doing a uh, podcast. Uh, and I can't, I wish I, I man, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm sorry, it just came up, so I, didn't, I hadn't planned on talking about it. So, I don't have the name of the podcast, but just look up Tremaine Lee. And, but one of the stories. <clears throat> that he exposes are without well, exposes he really brings to light is you know back in the day we talk about reparations right we say well african americans deserve reparations that the government you know you see white people all oh, the government shouldn't be giving reparations well you know what back in the day they did get reparations at one point but they gave them to white slave owners because to to to, to compensate them for losing their freaking slaves well so he tells yeah, a story about this black man so so he tells the story about this. 
Go ahead, Mr. Elias. They gave they gave those they gave to Asian population as well, and then and, and then Germany gave it to the Jewish people as well. So reparations have been given to people. So don't act like for 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 the, the uh, World War Two, the uh, Asian Americans got twenty thousand dollars apiece for for reparations. So don't act like you never gave reparations out. It has happened. It has happened in the past. And while we're talking about it, Jay, since we, we're talking about stuff. I'd like to bring the smartest man in the world in. He has joined us. Mr. Jerome Spree has joined us, so i just let you know that Mr. Jerome Spree is with us. Yes, sir. Thank, I am thank you, Mr. Elias. And good morning, Jerome. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How you good. doing? Good morning, Jerome. Well. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. Vanessa was on the on roll today with them folks on her ship. <laughs> She's like, look, y'all don't yeah. check me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hey, interesting. Yeah, you, you asked me how. That go ahead, bro. No, no, I was just saying that, you, happens, you, that happens across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, yeah. we're well, as, well, as, mm-hmm. a, um, as a country, we don't like to deal with that. We don't like to deal with race, and we don't like to hear black people call white folks out. And the problem is, is that the, the narrowness in which they look at us this perspective that white folks have of black folks is crazy to black folks, right? But I still kind of disagree a little bit with, you know, even hot wings. Everybody thinks of hot wings now as, oh, I'm going to go out and get wings and stuff. They used to throw that stuff out of the back of the um, butcher shop. They used to throw wings away. And black folks figure out a way. They cut them, whatever. White folks did not eat chicken wings. They threw them away. It's like black IPs and all this other things. So when you say we celebrate heritage by eating certain foods and black folk, uh, white folks are starting to embrace those foods, it's just because black folks always set the trend. And even though nobody likes to admit it, once it becomes mainstream, they're like, oh, that's for everybody. No, black folks figure out a way to make something work just like everything else figure out a way to make it work, and mainstream white folks want to take credit for it. So I don't know how I feel about this, but it's weird to me that now we distance ourselves from things that, you know, we made work. Yeah, all black people don't eat greens or dressing or whatever, but it was it's a staple in black folks' household. We don't knock German people for eating um, sauerkraut or Irish people for eating that, what is it, that, German potato salad or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. That's all these people, pierogies. Yeah. Sauerkraut, yeah. yeah. Sauerkraut. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, that came out of that community. I mean, that the big hunks of potato and potato salad is not potato salad, black folks. Right? <laughs> like, that's how they make it. So I'm saying, like, yeah. culturally, yeah, there's some things that we do, and there's some reasons why we do it. But being mocked for it is crazy. You know, I don't know if this came from the Trump sneaker thing by people thinking that we, oh, yeah, they love sneakers. It's stupid because we don't love those. And, you know, if you get Trump sneakers, you're going to pick up charges. So that's a basketball joke. So you have to have Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, right. that's, actually, that's actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty you got to be careful on those sneakers. Uh, 
just, just in case you hear it uh, again. Uh, when you, well, you came in, and I was, you know, you know, you asked me how I was feeling, and I lied to you. I do have a, a pain in my ass, but you know, I have to, get, you know, there's a remedy for that. Um, listen, one of the stories I was telling uh, before you jumped in was we talked about reparations, and we talked about how Jermaine Lee has this. Uh, Jermaine Lee has this podcast. Uh, and and he focuses on you know we talk about reparations once again white slave owners were paid uh, reparations uh, back in the day for compensation for losing their slaves but there was this one African American man who you know he played the system and so he ended up uh, um, uh, owning his wife his sister her, her mother whatever the case may be so they paid him reparations uh, for that. And they followed his family's generation, how they become a prominent African-American family, how they're well off. And so, it, 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 you know, it begs the question, what if, you know, black folks would have been paid, uh, um, you know, reparations uh, after they were released from slavery? You know, it, the, the, the playing field would, would be a lot, would be more even because, you know, that family, perfect example of, hey, Give them a start. You brought them here. They didn't have anything. You freed them. You know, I always use this analogy. You know, you can't come in and play Monopoly. You're not going to last playing Monopoly when every damn property on the board is bought. You can only hit community tests and chance so many times before your ass hit Park park Place and you got to pay. So we don't have – you've got to have an even shot when it comes to the American dream. And, Jerome, we never got that. We never got uh, an even shot. I mean, it's just crazy right. that, that they, they didn't even consider this. Yep. And, and that's our, our thing is that they, we can't hold their – we should hold them accountable for this. But, yes, slave, slave owners, that's how they paid off the South. I mean, mm-hmm. if you go back and watch, please watch the History Channel's, um, they do a story on uh, Grant, um, Ulysses S. Grant, right? And the compromise that he made after he fought, like, to stop the oppression of, you know, after slavery, after the Civil War, and once he became president, he stifled that in the South until the Klan came up. And then once re-election happened, he said, I can't force them to be fair to black folks. He didn't say it that way, but that was it. They pulled the federal troops out. You could not make white folks behave as a problem because the old Confederate Mm. soldiers are part of the concessions from the Confederacy. Now, again, everybody worshiped Lee, right, from the Confederate side. He wasn't even a freaking American, right? So when you talk about those guys, the, the Union did not take their weapons away. They did not put any restrictions on them because they said they wanted them to keep their dignity. And what did they do with those weapons and those horses? And They went and oppressed black people, right? So when they surrendered, the part of the compromise to let them go was that they wanted them to keep some of that stuff to, for their own farming and weapons. They should have took all of that stuff away from them. When they lost, they should have jailed their asses or did something different, and black people will have a different life today. So since they chose to pay them reparations instead of punishing them for treason, now we are getting the butt of that oppression that those white folks feel entitled to, that they inherited, and the stuff that's coming up now with what's going on in the world is that white folks have never 
um, had consequences for their actions collectively. But black people always have to be like, well, we're just glad to be here. And so that's what's infuriating sometimes when it comes to black folks when we have conversations about what it is that we should do. Because once black people say, okay, we're going to pool our own money and do our own thing, there are black people who get mad at you and be like, we shouldn't leave white Mm. people out. They left us out. Right? So you can see how confusing that can be. So they owe a great debt to black people. Like, you know, LES said, Benjamin Banneker, you know, designed D.C. Black people built D.C. But all black people aren't slaves. They were natives that were made slaves. And so they need to look at it from a different perspective and give us our land back. Work that out. I would, I would always advise anybody out there to go look at well, a movie called Killers of the Flower Moon and look up Sarah Rector. You look up Sarah Rector, it would really piss you off. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. So that let me know All right. Okay. The music, the music's playing. That means uh, we need to go. Thank you. All right. So listen, um, this past week, we lost a, a giant in the music industry, uh, Henry Farnbro, uh, the last surviving spinner, died this past week. Um, what a shame. The music was music. So this week's edition of uh, Marietta Music, Marietta Music Corner Part 1, we're going to pay tribute to the spinners. We'll be right back. To this, don't you go anywhere. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Online radio at its best.
the NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance at living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. The Alabama Supreme Court's groundbreaking ruling stems from lawsuits brought by three couples who underwent IVF procedures at a reproductive clinic in the state between 2013 and 2016, resulting in healthy births with their remaining embryos frozen and stored at a hospital facility in Mobile. That is, until an unauthorized patient wandered into the storage room and accidentally dropped several embryos, destroying them. The couples then sued the medical clinic and the hospital for wrongful death. In the majority opinion written by Justice Jay Mitchell, the state Supreme Court ruled their lawsuits could go forward, saying unborn children are children without exception based on developmental stage, physical location, or any other ancillary characteristics, while the concurring opinion quoted scripture. What the Alabama Supreme Court ruled is, you know, an embryo basically yes. is a person. When you say that a that a that an embryo, microscopic embryo, is a person, then you're going to say, well, you can't freeze people. You can't do genetic testing on them. If you are somebody who has excess embryos and you want to donate them to medical research, you're certainly not going to be able to do that. Welcome back in. 13 minutes after the hour, you're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every. Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio and it's best. You know, as a uh, father of three girls, uh, we are in a new era uh, with Roe v. Wade being overturned by this over-conservative Supreme Court. Uh, we have situations like this. So families and people who want to have children, um, it really calls their ability to do this in question because, once again, we have a, you know, conservative Supreme Court saying that embryos are children. And then they quote scripture in their response to the ruling, which, I'm sorry, I thought the Constitution said there was a separation between church and state. Uh, Jerome, I, you know, man, it's what what concerns me about this. To be perfectly honest with you, is the fact that even though we see this and hear this on the news, and like I said before, I'm the father of three girls. This doesn't affect me directly. And I think what's happening is is that we are getting used to living in a post-Roe uh, v. Wade world. And I don't think people really and truly understand the magnitude and the concerns and the problems that this presents to young women, especially women of African-American descent of African descent, African-Americans. The fact that in a lot of cases, they don't have the resources to go to other places that have, you know, abortion services done. And keep in mind that here's the thing that's tricky. 
apparently the couple, the couples who are who sued the clinic, saying that they destroyed our, they killed our future kids or whatever the case may be. Apparently, in my opinion at least, it sounds like they were conservative. So why the hell, if you're against this type of stuff, then why the hell were you even doing this in the first place? It's just crazy, man, how Republicans, they, they, you know, they go out and they try to argue and try to put things in place uh, for, you know, try to put policy in place for Roe v. Wade and all these different things. The government, you know, on one hand, they're ye- on one hand they have a bullhorn yelling that the government shouldn't be in our business, but then on the other hand, they are in your business. It's like they talk out of both sides of their neck. If you don't want the government involved in your personal life when it comes to uh, COVID, uh, COVID, uh, uh, in vac- you know, vaccines, or when it comes to your right to carry, I don't want the government in my business. But you want to get in somebody's business when it comes to having kids or the decision not to have kids. I'm at a loss for words, man. Where are we when it comes to this type of stuff? Yeah, it's a weird thing that, you know, Republican policies, and their policies are contradictory anyway. And their whole concept of, hey, let the states have their rights and people should have their rights and the government shouldn't be in your business, and then at the same time restricting everybody who they want to restrict, right? It's always been contradictory to the Republican Party, and that's why I keep saying when we watch this, you know, bad polling on on television that people are not like that restriction thing is horrible. There's a news story about you know women who have uh, um, I think it's called ectopic pregnancies. I can't think of what it's called, but they're afraid to actually do surgery that is yeah. probably going to kill the mother in Texas because they don't know if the abortion thing will get them thrown in jail or take the doctor's Mm. license, Mm. right? You're not talking about the health of the woman. You're like, oh, you have a pregnancy that's outside of, that's still in your fallopian tubes? Well, fine. You got to take that risk of dying before they can go in and do that because the fetal abort, you know, whatever they just passed is also in play. That should never be a thing. But Republicans always cry that. It's like every time charge somebody with something, like they'll say, "Oh well, we're not, we're not that. They're taking your freedoms. Obamacare is stopping your freedoms," and they'll go yell that all the way. And Obamacare never told women who, you know, that their doctor, they and they doctors can't make their own choices. That's Republican. So I wish people would kind of look at it like that and stop playing. Oh, our party this and that party that. The policies that Republicans are making has always been restrictive, and they're about racist and crazy as anybody, and conservative as anybody on this planet. I know Democrats can be crazy, but these fools are actually coming in and restricting your movement in life, what you can and cannot do. The Republicans are, while they blame the Democrats for doing that. It's crazy. I would have to agree with that, Jerome. Very much so. It's crazy. It's it's just nuts about, you know, it's it's, it's it's just, you know, I have no words because it's like, it's like we're living in a, 25 years ago, we wouldn't be having these conversations, right? 
it's like we're living in a whole different era, a whole different place. It's like all these crazy people in office, all these crazy people are involved with creating laws. It's just crazy, man, that some of the conversations that we have to talk about each and every Sunday, I, I, you know, every now and then when I go on uh, Facebook, it'll pop up, you know, something we talked about 10 years ago. And I'm like, good gracious. You know, the, the other day it popped up about, you know, President Obama wearing a pantsuit. Can we go back to those days? And can, can we go back to the days when we talked about stuff that was just ridiculous versus these are life-changing decisions that these fools are making? You know, look at what's going on. You know, we don't talk about the Ukraine war a lot because it really doesn't affect our people. But the indirect way it's going to have an effect on this upcoming election because now you have young African-Americans out there saying, hey, these are people of color. I mean, these are people that are suffering. You have what's going on with Gaza. You know, indirectly it's going to affect, the, you know, the, the upcoming uh, election. But we really don't spend a lot of time on that. But you have these people in Congress who don't understand what role the U.S. play globally. And so you're just going to allow Vladimir Putin just to do what the hell he wants to do. Eventually, that's going to make its way to our shores. You can't let somebody just systematically take over the world while you just sit and just, you know, hey, no problem. Go back to the, to the neighborhood scenario. I mean, God dang it, if you live in a nice neighborhood, then you're going to start letting people just start moving in and start doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, and you're not going to be proactive or take it away. Let's not even use the neighborhood. Let's just say, hell, you got freaking uh, weeds and stuff growing. Hell, you, you got to come and you just can't let them diggle. Eventually, go overtake your house. You just got to – I'm just so upset this morning about the way things are going on in this world. I can't understand it for the life of me how people who are supposed to be educated are making these types of decisions. And like you said, you want to contradict themselves. On one hand, we don't want big government, but then you want to get in people's lives. You want to be in a bedroom where if a woman, you know, they're turning pregnant women away at emergency rooms who are having complications because they're concerned about either being sued or even being, you know, charged with murder. Well, almost Kurt. What kind of nonsense is this? Right. Please stop this madness. What you got, Mr. Elliott? Good Good luck. I mean, look, man. The bottom line is these people. Uh, they always tell me I keep government out of my business, and they be the main one to get government in their business. This, 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 is what gets me, man. And with this ruling, you can say what you want to, but, hey, man, conservatives, are, man, they're like, they, they're running for the fences with this. And I, 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 I like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said the other night, stick it with them. Make them stay with it. You the ones that wanted it like this, stay with it. Don't run from it now. Be the ones that said you said it and, 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 and I'm, I'm quite sure the Speaker of the House believes this wholeheartedly. I believe that. So you should make, you should, yeah, hey, man, this should be a, a, another. The Democrats got so many slam dunks with the Republicans right now. It's, it's unreal. And they should stick them with this in their faces because this is what they voted for. This is what they wanted. I'm quite sure but the next one agree with me. But, but, but let me ask you something. 
Let me ask you something. How can you hold people accountable? Oh, my God. I didn't even see her on the board. But that's her. Is she here? Yes, yeah, she's here. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing her on the board, but go ahead. Wow. I only see two people on the board, but go ahead, Vanessa. Yeah, I've been here, babe, but it's all good. Uh, you know, I totally agree with everything y'all are saying about they don't want us to get in their business about guns, and they are getting in the women's business about our private parts and our abortions and our fetals and, and everything that concerns women. But I don't hear anybody making any decisions on y'all's penises and what y'all can do and vasectomies and all this other stuff. I just... Why is everything put on the woman? Why aren't they governing something with the men? Why are you saying I can't talk to you about your guns, but you want to talk to me about something on my body? I don't understand. But, you know, most importantly, I'm going to say this again. These, not the 30- and 40-year-olds because they do catch it, but these 20-year-olds who are not getting out there voting do not understand what this might do for their lifetime. Because what if one of their daughters gets raped and she gets pregnant? That means they got to have the baby of a rapist, okay? So mm-hmm. I don't think that they are going as deep as they are. or Even the, even the 23-year-olds or the 24-year-olds have got a baby. Oh, ain't none of that going to ever happen to me. But it might happen to your child. So I don't think people are getting it. So I'm kind of making posts on the fly on Facebook. I think Les probably saw what I said. Let's get out and vote so we can all cruise to Cancun, meaning mm-hmm. get rid of get rid of Ted Cruz. That's what I'm trying to say in a nice way. <laughs> that's what I keep posting. Oh, that's pretty Facebook. good. So to, Y'all good this know, morning. That's, I, that's good. Jerome came on one. You, that's good. That's good. Y'all get yeah, we'll make that so, down. Y'all, y'all know, give me some good stuff for this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to make some posts that people understand. My daughter said, you think you slick, Mama, but we, I caught that. And I said, okay, well, if you caught it, that means that some other people must have caught it. So, so you know, it's just I, 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 I'm really afraid for our children's children. Not for me, not for you, JLS, or none of us, because this ain't going to really affect us. But it is going to affect our grandchildren, and it is going to affect our our children. So I just wish they would catch it, and and yeah, I, I just wish yeah. I could catch it. So I don't know. Yeah, but I, I do think that some people suing about the fetus is going to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you're right about that. And Vanessa. Trust me, they're coming after everything. Pretty soon, you know, you talked about male penises and stuff like that. At some point, they're going to come after that too. I just really believe it. If you're talking about, if you're talking about the sanctity really? of life, the, oh, yeah, they're going to come after contraception. Yeah, of course. They're coming they're out already. Them. They're coming out. They're coming after contraceptives. Why is this fake? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they, they're, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. There ain't no doubt about I it. Think so. right, three, four, seven. No pun intended. All right, we're gonna step out, take a break. We'll be right. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. <laughs> Once upon a time, in a place called Mzansi, the people love driving cars everywhere. They use lots and lots of electricity down many trees for firewood. And then a very strange thing happened. The weather began to 
change. In some places there were droughts where before there was rain. In other places the rivers flooded. The grown-ups realized they were contributing to the strange weather. They discovered if they used clean energy and less electricity, they could save Mzansi for their children. What happened then? How the story unfolds is up to each and every one of us. Switch off, recycle, change. Help save tomorrow, today.
can't be place to place to you. I can't chase you away the truth. We can't do like the others do. We got sun and ocean view. Sit your heart on an open pew. Let your God be a piece to you. Share a piece of your God. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is that call-in number. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It's time to say good morning to my fam, a big sis, Vanessa Mae Belly and the Macanellis in the house. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. Y'all listen to my voice now because I will be on the bacon brand new Carnival Jubilee this time next week. Bacon. Getting brand new. I think they've only sat on that toilet three, four times, honey. It's getting brand new. Oh, damn. There you go. I don't even know how to, how do we, how do we move on from that? But all right, the man who I call the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree's in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, Vanessa, do you have any buddy passes? Because you need to take the rest of us with you. We can, we can broadcast from there. From the great truth. <laughs> 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 that would be pretty damn cool, actually. <laughs> one day we make that happen. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S in the house. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and one. Good morning, Nessa. One. Good morning, Momo B. One. Good morning, Kathleen. One. Good morning, Red Julia. One. Good morning, Good Sister. One. Good morning, Mary and the Music. And Mary and the Music, that first song was by um, the Spanish. It was called I'll Be Around. And the last song was by uh, Lucky Witherspoon. It was called Irreplaceable. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Okay, can I have three minutes, please? You can tag me. Can I have uh, three minutes, please? Well, can I say hello to the folks? I have I'll just give it right back to you. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll give it back to you. I promise. Let me say hello to the pastor. Let me say hello to the folks that are listening out there in uh, Radio Land. I know I usually ask Mr. Elias uh, who's in the chat, but the chat room's not open. So anyway, uh, yes, Vanessa, by all means, mm-hmm. the floor is yours. So, okay, so I just got off of, I think Bless is going to get on it next the second biggest cruise ship in the world, which is the wonder of the sea. What I did not get to tell y'all was, I have been cruising 10 months out of the year for the last two years because I got a goal to make by the end of this year. I finally decided that thus far, the wonder of the sea is my favorite cruise ship. When I, and that's a hard gesture, y'all, because I haven't been on all of them. So y'all listen, they have a, a, a an adult section called the Serenity, where the whole section, back part of the ship is glassed in and it's nothing but adults back there with really, really nice jacuzzis. And it's, I mean, it, it, it's, they're gorgeous. But let me tell y'all something. It, y'all can lay in the chairs and look out at the ocean. And then y'all, they got a downstairs doing the same thing. And then they got an adult restaurant up top that don't allow children. Y'all, but listen, at night, it glows. The bar turns pinkish red, and then the jacuzzi turn green and blue. Even the gorilla that they got back there has a blue light on him. Y'all, then at night, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, 
they have a party in the middle of the ship on the inside. It doesn't matter if it's pouring down rain or what. There's a party in the middle of the ship. And the last ship had a convertible Mustang sitting in the middle of it. So I think some of y'all might have saw that picture I posted with Bobby. We were posted right next to that Mustang. Y'all, if I tell y'all, they had a black music group on there called The Temperature. Bobby Haynes must have lost his mind on the kind of music they were playing. They were playing. Y'all, and then look, they had these 75-year-old Chinese women out there that could line dance better than me. Do y'all hear me? I, it was it was it was an amazing. Much. I can line dance my ass off, J. Oh, I'm sorry, you heard that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you heard that. I thought I said well, low enough. Boy, yes. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Well, yes. I can dance. Oh, thank you. So um, <laughs> anyway, y'all, the cruise thank was you. amazing. So if y'all can get thank on the you. ship. Go get on. I'll tell y'all about the new Texas ship when I get back. It's brand new. Okay. And uh, anyway, the, the wonder of the season is just, it, that's phenomenal. Okay. I cannot wait to see Thank the you. icon. But the cruise director, y'all, was black. The guy who was all running right. all the entertainment on that ship was black. He was off the chain. Wait a minute. I just got a promotion. I just got yeah, yeah, I even got so I was about to look you took damn. You know what? You took my damn joke, Jerome. <laughs> Just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right, well there you go. There you go. Uh, we're sponsored it's a by. It's a bad, it's a bad we're sponsored ship. by Caribbean and whatever all other ships you just named. Thank you for that. And uh, listen, tell them they owe us some money. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, listen. Real quick before we get into this next topic, because I definitely want to spend some time on this next one. Um, a couple of things. The Marshawn Lynch Las Vegas trial, I guess Marshawn decided to uh, settle with these folks, man. I, you know, we laugh at that, but man, if you go back and look at that video, I mean, he was, I mean, he could have killed somebody. I mean, the car was, anyway, you know, I guess for me, these people who are menaces to society, they're the ones that are making all the money. Look, Snoop Dogg, man, they did all they did. You know, Charlemagne the God sold drugs, all this stuff. Now, you know, look at Martha Stewart. Her ass went to jail for some nonsense. But now they are beloved characters. I'm like, well, damn, maybe I should go rob a bank and see what happens in 10 years. I have no idea. It's like, come on. What is up with this stuff? And last, but certainly not least, uh, President Obama is, uh, he's ranked in the top 10 of all presidents, right? So he's number seven. I think he's behind uh, and he's Truman. Three. Well, I think he should be number one, too. But uh, Truman, I think uh, Roosevelt, uh, George Washington, obviously, uh FDR and I think Abe Lincoln is number one, and I think the reason why he's number one is because of you know the uh, he freed the slave. You go back, he was also in office when he agreed to on his reparations. But I digress. All right, let's get into this last topic. I want to spend some time on it. Online radio at its best. My parents' young lives were filled with joys, and they were filled with challenges. And one week before my father's assassination, our family home was targeted. A firebomb was thrown into the nursery where my sisters and I slept as babies. 
History records that we escaped unharmed, yet a mere seven days later, my family witnessed the unimaginable. Our father was gunned down as he prepared to speak right here in that location. My pregnant mother placed her body over my three sisters and me to protect us from gunfire and to shield us from the terror before our eyes. Malcolm X's family members, along with attorney Ben Crump, are announcing two new witnesses that are offering evidence in the alleged conspiracy case surrounding his assassination. According to Crump's legal team, the new witnesses are learning that there were security associates of Malcolm X, and they were arrested just a week before he was killed. So, um, interesting... Uh, the fact that now we're getting more information and new information on the assassination of uh, Malcolm X. And it kind of goes back to things that we've been saying here, especially Jerome has been saying on this show for years, how much the government played a role in not only the assassination of Malcolm X, but in the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, there's a uh, a documentary that's, uh, I want to say it's on Hulu, uh, it talks about MLK, and it's amazing how the FBI, um, the wiretaps and things that they were doing, because they were trying to find a way. They were trying to catch, you know, him on tape, you know, extra extramarital affairs. They were trying to really, you know, tarnish his, his image. It's, it's, it's amazing how people operated back in the day. Uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, you know, you know a lot has changed. But they say the more things change, the more things stay the same. So, you know, Jerome, let, let's begin this conversation. Um, yeah. When you sit back and you look at uh, how that all went down, you know, now years later we're finding out not only I think the government played a role, but New York NYPD was involved. They arrested. You know, I'm pretty sure you're more adept at what's going on in this story than, than most of us. Why don't you, you know, I'm going to hand the baton off to you. Why don't you go ahead and take it and let's have a conversation about this? Because this is interesting. I think it's important yeah. for us to get this information because some of these people are about, to, you know, they're in their 80s. I mean, they're not going to be here, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Yeah, and, and first I want to say that um, that was not just back in the days. The whole OJ thing is kind of the same thing. And what's going on with, you know, what happened with Michael Jackson, they had surveillance on, on people and folks watching them, you know. And I actually know, knew John Dove, who discovered the technology for CD-ROM, and he told me, I mean, he's passed away, but he told me that a white man would approach him every now and then, say, hey, I have $3 million or whatever, just to say, what are you working on? Because he knew he was being followed. And he created that technology in 1968. So can you imagine the trauma of going through your whole life being surve- surveyed and stuff? And, you know, we talked about this. I, um, well, I talked about it uh, on a different show about the counterintelligence program and how they literally sent Martin Luther King letters telling him to kill himself. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like this stuff, stuff happened and it's still happening. It's still happening. So I don't blame anybody, whether it is Snoop or whomever, but anybody black that's high profile, the amount of stress that they must be receiving just from surveillance has to be crazy. Right. So, you know, I, I always say, you know, when we're on the show is that it's why I call.
call out black on black crime so much is because when black folks, and what I mean by that is when we criticize and critique black people in areas that we don't criticize white folks, that's a black on black crime. So what happens is that when I hear people kind of say, oh, that's just paranoid and they wouldn't do that, it has always been crazy because we have proof. We have proof that that's what happens. So in the Martin Luther King, oh, I'm sorry, in the Malcolm case, two of the guys who already got, and I did that news story, they already got money back from New York State because they were found liable. The FBI had somebody informants on his security detail. Um, Dick Gregory talked about the fact that they rented out, the CIA or the FBI rented out the Audubon okay. a week before and put a false wall up in the balcony. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we know that stuff now because it's becoming a public record because they're going to court. But don't think that Dick Gregory wasn't saying that a long time ago. He knew Malcolm. We have they're, to stop our system. Yeah. The, 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 the bad part of it is, Jerome, they, they, they did all this stuff. And it was, it's a guy, his name is William Bradley. And if you if you see when they when they arrested the one, the, 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 one, the, the guy that they said, that the one Muslim that said he actually did it, this guy's name is mm-hmm. William Bradley. He's the one that had the he he had the shotgun that actually killed Malcolm. Shot through the uh, through the podium. Malcolm was standing in, and this guy mm-hmm. bragged about it for years that he did. And then the one that they did arrest before he went to jail said, "Hey, you've arrested the wrong two guys. They had nothing to do with this. These guys were at home at the time." When they were, and right. they said nope, and all white jury convicted these guys and said they did because this is what, and then he's got to pay, he pay these guys thirty six million dollars apiece. Wow, thirty six million dollars to be giving up twenty million dollars, 20, uh, twenty years of my life sounds kind of harsh to me. Kind of sounds right. real harsh to me. Have y'all ever been to the Lorraine Hotel and seen the exact spot he was standing in when he was killed? I think you have, haven't you, Les? Yeah, but Martin Luther King. That was Martin Luther King time on my Right. I know. But have y'all never stood there to see what, exactly where he was killed and how mm-hmm. they would have to plot to yeah. find a spot to be able to kill him? So do y'all yeah. think they did the, the exact same thing to the other people that they didn't bumped off, like Kennedy and Malcolm X and all the mm-hmm. other people trying to help black people? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that was my. To, to be honest, I, yeah, I've been to the one. I've been to the one in Dallas. And I've been to Lorraine Motel. And I, well, never. I, yeah. I, yeah, but I, I've been to the one in Dallas, and I've been to the Lorraine Motel in Memphis. Yeah, but um, uh, I don't know if that was Audubon. They tore that down since Rock Day, you know? Yeah, no, I'm I still up. Audubon. I'm not sure. I'm not no, sure. Up. It's, the, it's, it's, called, it's called the Malcolm X and Benny Shabazz uh, Center of Hope or something like that. No, it's still up. Oh, Wow. Yeah, yeah. I and the only yeah. reason I asked that was for people to stop and think for a minute who have been to these places because I haven't been to the one in Dallas, but just to the stop repository mm-hmm. that they had to plot to be able to assassinate, kill, poison, shoot, do all of this stuff to people. They had to actually really plot yeah. to do this stuff. Because well, right. Martin Luther King was killed at. I mean, it's a it's a museum. I mean, it's a museum across the street. But it's. I mean, they had to have been on the top of a building to have done that because he was standing so high up. And then when Kennedy was, what he killed in the car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. 
So I'm just saying that they had to really plot to kill Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Kennedy, all of these people that were trying to help black people. They just, they, they just, white people can be big. See, that's why I don't like to have these conversations because then when I go out there and I hang out there with them, I see them and I be wanting to just, you know, I have to talk to them. <laughs> Sometimes I really, really, really uh, have God, to at them crazy, yeah. stop myself from saying some stuff that I want to say to them. Uh, I have to just, I just do. So anyway, y'all carry so, on. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I want to say this because I have been to that the book repository in Dallas as well. Um, the the CIA is working inside of the United mm-hmm. States, like the FBI. And so it doesn't take – those guys get paid full time. You know, even the whole concept of the, counter, the counterintelligence program that they did, and I talked about the killing of Fred Hampton, of them putting an agent in there and then having an informant as the head of Fred Hampton's security, he lays out their house and they go in and kill him. And, you know, we, I mean, we can name a bunch of things that the government has been working on inside to assassinate black people. That is not even a hard sell because we have proof, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I already said this, in, in October 24th, 1962, um, Martin Luther King's name was added to in Section A of the FBI Reserve Index, and that is one step below individuals who are registered that if there is a, a national emergency, that they had to have around-the-clock surveillance of his house. They had wiretaps on him, and that was put in by Robert F. Kennedy. So JFK was president when they started surveillance on Martin Luther King. It doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican. Going after yeah, black people yeah. is a full-time job for the government. Yeah, and, and, and just to piggyback on that, uh, because they covered that in that in the documentary that I'm watching as well, and the fact that it was J. Edgar Hoover really was the, the catalyst for all of this, and he just kept convincing, trying to convince the Kennedys that uh, that Martin Luther King was a part of a com- underground communist party. And so at some point eventually, even though they didn't want to, according to the documentary, but uh, J. Edgar Hoover had so much evidence, uh, 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 well, this made-up evidence that Martin Luther King was hanging out with, with a communist sympathizer um, that uh, they, they eventually agreed to do. As a matter of fact, when King visited the White House um, and met with him and civil rights, civil rights leaders met with JFK, uh, Robert Kennedy and John F. Kennedy asked him to remain behind, and they asked him to stop hanging out with this this person and King didn't do it and so yeah it's just our history is so complicated and it's just amazing how you know when you sit back and, and peel back the, the, the layers of the onion you know what you get go ahead Jerome real quick before we get out of here but although, yeah although um, Jagger Hoover did that it was Robert Kennedy who was Attorney General at the yeah. time who authorized it yep yep so it still had to authorize that's, that's it was on black people but yep so, you know, our president yeah, you're, you're has been a part of the whole conspiracy to oppress black people since day one. Yep, I agree with that. And like right I back after this. 
While several other European leaders gathered in Kyiv to support Ukraine in its now third year of war with Russia yesterday, French President Emmanuel Macron this weekend was on home turf at the opening of the Paris Agricultural Fair. There he was confronted by angry French farmers and protesters who complained the deck is stacked against them in world trade and charged that Macron has not done enough to support them. They are also seeking better living conditions. Britain's governing Conservative Party has expelled a senior lawmaker, Willem Marx reports, after he accused the Muslim mayor of London of being under the control of Islamists and later refused to apologize for the comments. Lee Anderson was until last month the deputy chairman of the Conservatives, but told the right-leading TV station that Islamists had, quote, got control of the British capital and mayor Sadiq Khan. Islamophobic and anti-Semitic incidents have soared in London since the Hamas attacks of October 7th and Israel's invasion of Gaza. Khan has been at the center of efforts to police large London pro-Palestinian marches in recent months that have seen arrests for hate speech and terrorism offenses. He said Anderson's remarks were, quote, pouring fuel on the fire of anti-Muslim hatred. After he criticized Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's, quote, deafening silence, the Conservatives essentially expelled Anderson from the Parliamentary Party for what they termed his refusal to apologize. For NPR News, I'm Willem Marks. This is the last month of February, and in case you didn't notice, this is a leap year. There are 29, not 28 days this month. And fun fact, the leap year was first instituted by Julius Caesar in 46 B.C. I'm Louise Givone, NPR News, Washington. Four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for Pastor Steve State Your Case, where we read comments from the world famous chat room and from social media. And since we do not have a world famous chat room this morning, unless it came up during the course of the show, I have some comments to read from our listeners. Wow, we have a lot of them, but I can't get them all in. Let me see how many I can get in in two minutes. All right, listen, uh, Pastor Steve, uh, peace and blessings, family. Jay Les never disappoints, folks. <laughs> don't misinterpret what you hear. Uh, these are two passionate brothers who are all about representing their race in a positive light. They are like Shaq and Barkley. They argue, they fight, but when the chips are down, they have each other's back. Must listen to radio. Be blessed. Well, Pastor, okay. If you say so. Rebecca from Indianapolis. Uh, y'all two, <laughs> SMH, LOL. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jose. <laughs> I agree with Jay. News channels cover the news, period, full stop. The news business is about money and ratings. Ratings bring viewers and listeners. Listeners bring advertisers. Trump represents racism, and we should expose it and call it out at every opportunity we get. Betty from Miami. Let me see. Can I get two more? Betty from Miami. I am so mad at Miss Vanessa and Jealous. Okay, let's see. Tiffany from Washington, D.C., Thanks for sharing the news on the passing of Henry Fulbro, and thank you for playing my late father's favorite song, R-H-I, or Rest in Heaven, Daddy. Okay, one more. Uh, uh, one more. Da- uh, let's see, Christian from too. Dallas. It says, uh, it says, fight, fight, fight. Okay, whatever. We're done with that nonsense. Whatever. We, there was no fight, folks. No fight at all. All right. All right. <laughs> Oh, whatever. All right. It is time for our final thoughts. Uh, Vanessa, your first final thoughts. Okay. My final thought is is that I'm on my way to church, but, of course, I always pray for everybody in the group. 
and my family and friends and animals. But you know what, guys? Uh, I am with Les when I say please get out and go vote. This is our time to get Cancun Cruz. And even if you're not from Texas, but you got friends from Texas, go tell them to go vote. We have got to get rid of Cancun Cruz, uh, who runs at the first sight of trouble with his family to somewhere warm. We've got to get rid of him, and then maybe we can get rid of crazy-ass Abbott. Because I am sick of them. I am so sick of them. They are ruining Texas, and they are ruining the future for our children. So, Lord, forgive me for even calling the word church and cuss at the same time, but I am just sick of Ted Cruz. So, please, get out, go vote. And if you're not from Texas, tell your friends that you know from Texas that they need to go vote and get rid of these these politicians who aren't here for us. So, y'all have an awesome week. I'm going to get on the new ship next week. Um, and then I'll be back that next Sunday. It's leaving on a Saturday. So, much to y'all. I love y'all. I always do, and I always have an egg. Nothing y'all can do about it. All right. Look at you. Be safe on your cruise. Jerome, man, final thoughts. Well, I did have two thoughts, but one was, what was the name of that floating strip club that she mentioned from before the adult one? Actually, hey, that's that's adult entertainment. That's what came to mind when she told me adult. But anyway, um, I want to say mm. everybody have a good week. Sometimes, you know, knowing it's not all that it's cracked up to be, live your life, and we're not going to stop the pathology of white folks overnight. But we have to keep on maintaining what it is that we do. So everybody stay focused and stop worrying about them. Yep. All right. The man who gets the first and last words, Mr. L.E.S., man, final thoughts? Well, look, folks, as I always say, get out and vote. You don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. And if you don't believe me, look up what the Insurrection Act is. The Insurrection Act puts Trump, if he gets back in office, in charge of sending the military to your town, whether you like it or not. And if you want to protest and get out and do whatever you want to do, which is your first amendment right, they can shut you down because he has the discretion to tell people when and what he wants them to do. So get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. All right, first of all, let me say what's up to me because I know I'm listening to this as I travel uh, to the Dallas area. But bigger than that, uh, I want to say thank you, everyone, for hanging out and dealing with some of the technical issues that we dealt with. And last but certainly not least, we talk about people paying a price. How can you make people pay a political price when folks don't give a damn if they do right or wrong? I think we talked about that earlier in the show. You know, people could, these Republicans continue to do the same old nonsense and they get away with it because because they do not pay a political price. We talked about examples of them lying about the Supreme Court setup. Oh, we're, you know, President Obama, he has a year left in office. We wouldn't do this if there was a Republican in office. Well, guess what? That's what they did. But they're not paying a political price. They're going to continue to do this nonsense until the end of time. And on that note, Mr. Elliott, it's Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Ralph Show. Folks, it has been an extreme pleasure to serve you this morning. So be safe, be careful, Vanessa. We love you. So for Vanessa, for Jerome, for Christelle, I'm Jay Ralph saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Ralph Show. Coming up next, 
on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spring. Stay tuned. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? I heard a little bit of dissension, maybe not. I don't know, maybe we were premature on this, but it's time for it. You know, the need to know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Uh are you doing a show or did I misspeak or don't we say goodbye? Yeah, we can at least kick a half hour in if everybody's out. Elias, you good? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good. I'm good. That's what you want to do, brother. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We, we can do a little something. I just wanted to, I know we, as we start, we want to talk about it is Black History Month. So I know we did a lot of stuff that I would have done on the show um, a little earlier. <laughs> you know, talk about counterintelligence programs and all of that good stuff. But <laughs> um, I want to, I should start off by naming 10 companies, right? that profited from the slave trade. Mm. All right. New, New York Life Insurance, um, Tiffany's and Company, everybody want to get their jewelry and stuff from Tiffany's, but they originally financed and profits um, from um, a Connecticut cotton mill. So they actually operated a mill that picked cotton uh, or that processed cotton picked by slaves. So that was Tiffany's. Aetna Insurance, they insured, talked about, reparations they insured and reimbursed slave owners with their when their slaves died <laughs> wow okay brooks brooks brothers um the suit retailer um you know their company started out in the 1800s by selling clothes for slaves <laughs> and wow. you know it was yeah they they sold um clothes to slave to slave traders so they actually you know, and I, I saw something earlier talking about stealing fashion and stuff from, from black folks. It was during um, one of the boycotts of a department store down south when, you know, Martin Luther King and all the other leaders did not want to dress up for church, and they started wearing jeans. And then white mm-hmm. folks picked up on the trim of wearing jeans, and so black folks made it cool. And then white folks, you know, Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, those guys um, started, you know, doing um, photo shoots and stuff in jeans, and it became popular. But overall, stuff for, for people who were working the fields, and black people made that cool, right? It's like whatever, whatever you throw at us, we might flip it. We, we might flip it at you. Um, um, Norfolk Southern is two companies. There's um, uh, Mobile, Mobile and Gerard, and I guess the central of Georgia, they became a part of the, you know, Norfolk Central, the um, railroad also. But Mobile and Gerard paid slave owners, um, I guess it was $180 to rent their slaves to build the railroad. And Georgia Central also owned, and the railroad company um, central of Georgia owned slaves. So the railroad company had slaves. All right, Bank of America. It it had it found that two of their predecessor banks, like Boatman Savings and Southern Bank of St. Louis, 
had ties to slavery and other the other predecessor, um, the Bank of Metropolis, um, accepted slaves as collateral on loans. So, USA Today's um, the the newspaper, um, their parent company E.W. Scripps and um, Gannett is linked to the slave trade as well. Wachovia, um, they are. <laughs> The financial institutions, Wachovia Bank and all those, the railroad and the banking company. Um, like all these rich bastards got it. All these rich, all these rich bastards. Yeah, well, people are like slave trade. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, right? When people say that, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so um, AIG purchased American General Finance, which owned U.S. life insurance company, and they found that U.S. life insured the lives of slaves. And J.P. Morgan Chase, now, it's reported that between 1831 um, and 1865, it's two predecessor banks, um, Citizens Bank and Canal Bank of Louisiana, accepted approximately 13,000 slaves as loan collateral and seized approximately wow. 1,250 slaves when plantation owners defaulted on their loans. They were in the slave trade. Oh <laughs> yeah. So, so when when people are listening to the show and earlier they would have said, "Hey, how come y'all keep talking about black people and reparations?" Yeah, that's probably why. And that's Most that's just the yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I can go on for days with this, but just to give you some examples of companies who never paid any reparations for slavery. The U.S. government has never paid any reparations for slavery. You think the banks would have got together and said, hey, why don't we give black people low-interest loans for life? Like, why don't they do that? The federal uh-huh. government can do that. That's why the government, but, owes, the government owes black people reparations. And so that's right. stuff, but the, the government owes us reparations. Yeah. Yeah. They owe reparations in and no, until somebody holds their feet to the fire, it just won't happen. They mm-hmm. won't even see why it's necessary to pay reparations. So, you know, I, I wanted to also, you know, just kind of give us a little history. Matter of fact, I would say this later because, you know, I was going to do, you know, when we start talking about black history, I was going to do Dr. Sebi this week Ooh, because yeah. the last week we just kind of skimmed on it. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about We'll talk about that a little later, but first, I guess I should start off with a few new stories. Our first story, um, Toyota recalled 278,000 pickup trucks and SUVs because stationary vehicles left in neutral can move forward and cause a crash. So you need to check to see if your model is affected. The recall covers Toyota Tundra pickups, the Lexus LX600 SUVs um, from 2022 and 2024. Now, I was going to be smart and say, if you leave any car in neutral on the hill, right. go for it. I was going to say that. That's not the new, isn't it? I mean, if you leave a car in neutral, that thing is going to roll. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That's a part I, of the neutral, so you can move it. I thought that was a part of the thing about being neutral. You can go backward or forward. Like, it's neutral. Ah, yeah. Exactly. So, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, neutral means drive in those Toyotas. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it steps on the gas for you because you know they got those computer chips in them now. You put it in neutral, it's like, okay, where are we going? You know, that means you don't care which way you're going when it's in neutral. 
Um, now, um, a food and drink giant, um, Nestle, has admitted uh, that their, their prices um, last year, their high prices, staved off people from buying their products, but the Swiss, Swiss firm said that their total sales are down. Now, here's the, here's the caveat with this. Um, Nestle owns, you know, Nescafe and um, Coffee, Purina, and Felix Pet Food. That's kind of right. disturbing to know. Lean Cuisine <laughs> and Stouffer's. <laughs> the Journal's Pizza. That, that always throws me with, like, the food companies own pet food companies. You're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't make that stuff up. Yeah, just try to get this big up. Don't keep the plants near each other. So uh, they said that they put their prices up last year by uh, 7.5%. And even though their profits was higher, that their sales are going down. So now they're all trying to transfer, you know, down to say, hey, maybe we need to get their sales up. So mm-hmm. figures from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics revealed that the annual rate of, of inflation for food fell 1.2% in January, but by comparison, eating out is up by 5.1%. So that just means the cost of groceries is higher than eating out. Wow. Yep. So they said said this puts pressure on people like McDonald's and the Cheesecake Factory to cut their prices. That is usually how it works. What's that? Have you seen in California where McDonald's now, the way California is making them put that their food is poison, they can cause birth defects and do all this stuff on their glass as you walk into the building on any door? Really? No, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, man, I saw that. I was like, wow. They're making them put out to say all the restaurants, like the fast food restaurants like McDonald's, Wendy's, uh, Burger King, all the rest of them. They're making them, uh-huh. and, and, and and when you walk in the door, there's a big sign up there, right by the head of it, that says they, they could call it this, it's got carcinogens in it, it's got this, it's got that, and and it's just still people walking in that don't pay attention to it. It's funny to me. Well, here, here is um, one thing that actually kind of bugs me. It's like, if as a company, if they know that they're using like this Red Lake 40 and this dye and yellow, whatever it's called, yellow lake something, if you're using those dyes and they're known carcinogens and they're banned in other countries, why are you still using it in this one? Exactly. Like, it's the same company. Right? They're like, oh, we can poison them, but not them? Yeah, that's what our freedom is, has exactly. allowed us. And again, exactly. again, they have, they have enough lobbying money that no politician is holding their feet to the fire. But the governor of California, which Republicans hate him like they do Nancy Pelosi. Yes, yes. But but they are like stepping up. Yes. I know it seems like I know it seems like a lot of regulation and all of that, but you should not knowingly be able to cause harm. You know. And so, yep. I'm just, so when you look when I went I went to Amsterdam back in maybe October, September, one of those one of those months. And one of, the, one of the comedians I was traveling with, she wanted to bring over a care package. And they told us that you cannot bring that into our country. And it was just like a care package of like different assortments of uh, foods like uh, potato chips and 
suites and stuff like that. They said, nope, you cannot bring it in there to leave it at the airport. That's bad. Yeah, I and I saw I saw this one girl. Um, I think she was in England, and she said she got some Doritos, and the Doritos in England is different because they can't use the same ingredients. And she was like, oh well, the ones in America think you know it's cheesy, and I think somebody mailed it to her. But that's against the law. You can't have that stuff in that country. So if they would try to bring it to customs, they would have stopped you from. Um, bringing like something simple like that exactly. that has ingredients in your band. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's the point. It's like why won't we do that in this country? Well, again, capitalism, right? But you shouldn't be able to poison anybody. Yes, exactly. Right. You shouldn't be, but they don't care. As long as they can make that almighty dollar, they gonna make it they go they can make it cheaper that way, make it make it last longer. Like, I watched the thing on McDonald's. I hate to beat up on McDonald's, but, hell, this lady had McDonald's fries in a glass and clothes in a glass for, like, 20 years, and they never did. They, nothing never happened to them. They still stayed the same. Yeah. Yep. Actually, it was a burger, too. It's like a burger. Because your bread, <laughs> it was like a, a burger. But, you know, here's how you can test your food. If you have food that you sit outside and flies won't come towards it, <laughs> you probably should eat it. That's like the, like the lady had that great values ice cream. Uh, to the ice cream sandwich. They left it out overnight. The ice cream never melted. It remained the same. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I don't so, know so, stuff like that lately. Yeah, I am always scared to watch stuff like that. I mean I do, but I'm always scared to watch and I'm like, it's gonna they're gonna find something that I can't eat. <laughs> right? Because right. I eat a lot of right. <laughs> It's <laughs> like take one more thing off my plate. So really? hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I find myself checking labels, even in a dollar store. If I go in a dollar store and get some chips, or you know, or or because cause who was it that we talked about? Like Ritz crackers are, are banned, and I like and I like Ritz crackers, and they're banned for a carcinogen, like for some chemical that's in it that causes cancer, right? right. And um. So anytime I see rich crackers, I look like those peanut butter and crackers. I look at it and I go, I can't do it, because you're making a conscious decision at that point when yep. you already know. So you know better. You know, do better. Yep. There were some other things at Nabisco. I think I bought some um, those golden Oreos or something. I looked at the back of that. I'm like, okay, it doesn't have this coloring and all of that stuff. I was like, okay, I guess I could. It's not going to add any nutritional value, but I guess it won't kill me. That's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. Yep. Empty, empty calories. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, now, American Airlines um, said that they would start limiting the um, limiting uh, which tickets purchased through third parties, such as travel agencies and online booking sites, are eligible to earn their a advantage miles and loyalty points. So this is the first time um, the airlines is making this move. They're pushing customers to buy tickets directly from their website. So this means that they don't have to pay commission <laughs> to other so like price. No money, yeah. Right. On May first, American will only award points for flights booked through selected partners and preferred agencies, which it will reveal in a list in April, 
Um, so they said it won't uh, it won't affect corporate travelers and um, who are advantaged business members. And the airline said that um, they can still own earn points in their flights. And you know some hotels are starting to do this. Hmm. And it's um, I think Delta did last year, and they they rolled it back. But they want you to book flights directly to them, so they don't have to pay commission. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I this, guess they made they made forty billion. They only made forty billion instead of fifty. So yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't have that. So Mm-mm. yeah, so so here's why here's why I always can um, encourage people to start businesses is because companies make decisions like that, even though they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why you can't just make ten million dollars in profit opposed to three hundred million. You're just being greedy. Right. So, you know, remember Hostess did this uh, a few years back. I remember we yeah. talked about this. Hostess mm-hmm. was clearing with Bain Capital is one of the owners of Hostess at the time. They were clearing something like three or four hundred million dollars a year in Hostess products, and they filed for bankruptcy. Right. Because they they said the unions was getting too much money and. Like, they just wanted all profit and didn't want the workers to make anything. Mm-hmm. And they said that the name of Hostess was worth a billion dollars. The name was. So it was more profitable to sell the name than it was to make Twinkies. Wow. And so they filed for bankruptcy. And the bankruptcy court would not let them, you know, crash their pension, which they really wanted to do. And they sold to, yeah, and they sold to, like, a Mexican firm. I think it's, I think... I think it's. Um, I think they own it now, but they um, opened them back up less than a year later and started selling Hostess products. They still haven't got back to my Dolly Madison snacks. Snacks. I used to like those. I used to like them back in the day. The little apple pie. Uh, yeah. So apparently they still kept the ingredients and stuff, but they haven't really come back to their full strength. But yeah, they sold them because they weren't making enough money. Mm. That is greed. Put all them people out of work because they, yeah. We, we're sick as a country when we don't um, kind of acknowledge our humanity. And I don't know what it is that people are so, like, proud of that, you know, they can waste money and other people can't. There's something exactly. real selfish and stupid about it. Now, um, mortgage rates hit their highest level in 10 weeks, um, costing the typical home buyer $700 more a month than they bought two years ago. Can you imagine that? You bought a house. Mm-hmm. When you usually do your mortgage, you're usually like, okay, here's what my income is. Here's where I am. I can, I can afford, you know, this $500 um, a month payment. So you get mm-hmm. your mortgage, and then two years later, it's $1,200? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. When I paid the taxes on my house this year, I was like, so my house went up that much? <laughs> right, right. They're like, no, but your taxes did. Yeah. Really? My house went up that much. The lady's like, yeah, it did. I was like, you got to be kidding. So if I was to sell my yeah. house, i get this much for it, and I only pay this much for it. you like, most definitely. I was like, okay. No matter right. <sighs> yeah, well, so since I don't plan on selling, when my taxes go up, it just pisses me off. I don't care what yeah, the value of it is. Exactly. I've exactly. <laughs> never sell. Never. Mm-mm. Pride went up, and I was like, 
I, first of all, the taxes that you pay, it, you know, most people think like, um, you know, when you're when you own a home, it's like, oh, you own it free and clear, you good. It's like, no, that mm-hmm. that influx of money that you have to pay for like taxes and incidentals is nothing to play with. Exactly. So, yeah, they they're they're trying to get everybody to rent. Apparently, they're like, go yeah. back to apartment. Yeah, 
I see. I always said that, like when, you know, telling telling my age. But I'm gonna tell you this: when they first started installing ATMs all over the place, and they said, "Hey, this is gonna save the bank money, so it's lower cost to the to the customer." I said, "I bet you you start charging for using ATMs," <laughs> and it was supposed to be a way for the bank to save on having employees. Um, and that's why they closed so many bank branches because you have ATMs. But they started charging you ATM fees, and they raked up millions of dollars, billions probably, and don't want to. They don't want to pass that savings on to the customers at all. Mm. So just like the whole complaint with black people not banking, we we talked about this with the Fonnie Willis stuff, right? That's why people keep yeah. money in their house. Mm-hmm. That. The trick was is that they used to give you toasters. They used to give you appliances. They would give you. They would put you exactly. in a win a trip if you opened up a new account. They're mm-hmm. gonna have to start doing that again because people are over going to the bank, putting their money in, and not getting anything for it. Not making any interest in anything. They just gonna give you their money so that you can make money off of their money, right? Exactly. Now, okay, so. I know we said, um, talked about going on a cruise, but LES, Germany is the first major European Union country to legalize the possession and the purchase of small amounts of cannabis for recreational purposes. Mm. <laughs> it's now two Germany time, though. So starting wow. April 1st, people 18 and older will be able to grow up to three marijuana plants and possess up to 25 grams, mm-hmm. about an ounce of cannabis in public spaces and up to 50 grams in private places. Mm. So the law allows the establishment of private nonprofit cannabis clubs that can grow and sell to its members. We're in business. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> for a new wow. business venture. They said it'll remain illegal for anyone under 18 to use cannabis, but the law requires cannabis to keep a cap away from children and is banned from advertising and sponsoring um, things that, you know, children are going to be at. But, yeah, so so Germany is the first one in there, so that should be interesting. You know? Really? That's what I'm saying, man. The United States is so far behind on everything. It's unreal. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We, it's because of our whole law, uh, our whole system, of using incarcerated people for labor, for free mm-hmm. labor, that it's an incentive for them to keep people in jail. So having low amounts of marijuana or jaywalking or what was that law that uh, when Bill Clinton was in office, him and Newt Gingrich, you can say what you say about Newt Gingrich. Yeah. So when they put that stuff in there, they changed it so that these misdemeanors became felonies. And that, that would give you more time if you had a felony, right, opposed to a misdemeanor. They were just tickets. So mm. when you – police couldn't do anything for you if you, you know, had your side mirror broken or, or something on your car and they pulled you over for a muffler violation. Under no circumstances could they arrest you because they were just they were just um, misdemeanors. They were just ticketed things. Mm-hmm. Once they changed that, they're like, get out the car because you have a, a – your fender is – you know, your muffler is broken. And they started arresting people and creating this prison to prison pipeline to keep people incarcerated just to use them as labor. Mm. They did that down south, too. Like, um, one of the things that we did not, you know, 
didn't talk about, but as far as history is concerned, that 800, let's see, let's see what the number is. I can't remember specifically. I think it was, um, so 80 years after the end of slavery, as many as 800,000 people were still enslaved through peonage mm-hmm. and involuntary servitude. Yeah. So it was Franklin Roosevelt in 1932 who enforced the 13th Amendment as a part of the war, World War One effort to prosecute anyone um, um, in, in the first case in their first case of slavery. This is 1932. So after that, which which was in 1932, a Texas man was found guilty and convicted of keeping a slave for 15 years. In the 30s. Wow. Right. Really? Yeah. So we keep saying, oh, slavery, slavery is so long ago. It's, no, that is no. your parents, grandparents, you know, people. Yeah, so I we saw, still. I saw, I, I saw a story on a woman that they kept her family enslaved because they were sharecroppers and they said that they owed them this much money. And they kept. They kept increasing the price, but finally her parents was like, yep, you're right, we owe you this much money. And then they took all the money they made, and then they left. They just, they just one night they just booked it and got up out of town. So, man. Yeah. See, and, and that's why I was saying, like, we could do this all day, black history, right? A woman, this woman named Abby Fisher, she was a mm-hmm. former slave in South Carolina, She's the author of the first published African-American cookbook. She was born in 1832. So Abby Fisher was freed after the Civil War. After she and her family arrived in, um, and moved to San Francisco, she entered a food um, cooking competition. Her recipes, mm-hmm. um, I guess it was like, it's, you know, like pickles and jellies and preserves and stuff, would become an instant success with her friends and upper class and she was known around town as Miss Abby Fisher, pickle manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. But it is believed that she was the first person to present the recipe for fried chicken and waffles. Really? Yes, in San Francisco. Mm. You you think that there would be some kind of acknowledgement of Abby Fisher's, like her, like there's some company or something? Nothing, right? Because they just took that woman's stuff. And started, you know, building off their own, you know, own businesses. They steal, you know, people mm. just steal and take stuff and keep going. So yeah, yeah. that's always going to be a problem. I watched this uh, the movie the other night. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. My mm-hmm. God, man, that was that someone was, that mentioned was, that to me. It, it, someone mentioned that to me. If you get a chance uh-huh. to look at that movie, look at it. Um, it's a it's Leonardo DiCaprio, but um, it's about how the Indians became rich in Oklahoma with all the oil, and uh-huh. the and the white men, uh, once they became rich, they were overseers over these over these people's money. They could they could they could come, they had to come to the white man, even though they had millions of dollars in the bank, and say, "Hey, Mr. White Man, I need uh, eight hundred dollars to do this," and they could say, "No, you don't. It's a waste of your money." And right, then, and, and 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 then. The, the white men start marrying the Indians and killing them so they could take over their land. It was crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I, that's why I was like, look at that movie. 
But then I started learning about Sarah Rector. When I learned about Sarah Rector, that blew me away. It's the, yeah. only, the only black woman in the United States that they considered her is to hang because you got millions and millions of dollars, we're going to make you white because you can, so you can ride on the train with us. What? A right. little black girl, you know, make, and then they took over her. Ah, oh, man, it was just like, it was so disgusting the way white folks are. It, it is. Yeah. And, and, and people act like they're not, they're not dirty. And then they act like Trump is just so damn great. I'm like, dude, he's trying to bring yeah. us back to the same old crap that we've had for years. And you guys don't even care. Yeah, you know, I, you know, and again, I asked um, one of the, in the, Native American um, clans in this area, I asked their historian, their faith keeper, um, some questions about this. It was this one park, and I said, hey, can you give me some history about this park, and, you know, blah, 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 just to honor, you know, the Native people of this area. And he said to me, you know, very, you know, what your elders normally do, he was like, you're opening up a can of worms. Well, come to find out, some white man married the Native woman and then took her land. I was like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I can understand because that's a that's that's a that's a story, and I'm not, you know, like Minister Farrakhan says, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan says, if you open your heart up to anybody, you can fall in love with them. I am not telling you mm-hmm. not date anybody, right, or not to date them, but that's a really old story of white folks marrying, you know, uh, indigenous black folks. To take their land too, right? So yeah. we keep thinking of Native people of being, you know, Mongoloid or Asian, you know, descent, right? But they're Native Black folks who are Native, and so when they white folks start telling those stories, they were like, oh, you know, the Choctaw, you know, had slaves. It's like no, some of those Native folks bought their families out of slavery. They weren't slaves to them; they bought them out of slavery. So. You know, down south, they made all of those black people, um, I'm sorry, all of those native people, they made them black, and then they moved the white natives in there. Right. There's no way, there's no way in hell, like, just generally, the folks in Oklahoma are light-skinned natives. <laughs> exactly. I, I just want to, because that's, my family is, is around there. I just want to tell you that, that that's not true. There, mm. there are black people who are native. And just like with Tulsa and the Tulsa Massacre, those black people did not um, inherit money through slavery. They didn't no. make no money. Those black folks were native, so they mm-hmm. had property, and they made their business, and they made it work. You're right. So all of this stuff literally hides in plain sight where folks feel like, oh, they lied to us. I'm like, they didn't lie to you. You try to see through, you know. You, you have to see through people lying. Like, that's right. crazy. So, you know, we have to do a better job at uh, teaching history. That's why, you, that's why we're on this program. <laughs> we need to talk about some of this stuff, right? And exactly. make sure that we get, you know, some in- information out. All right. So, uh, you know, uh, a senior um, leader within the Mormon Church in Pennsylvania was charged on January 31st with failing to report um, allegations of sexual abuse against a former bishop under his charge. So the accused, Sean Gooden, was jailed last year after pleading guilty to charges including forcible 
sodomy, aggressive sexual battery of a minor. His son Matthew claims the church knew of the allegations against his father for two years, but kept it secret from the community, allowing him to continue um, attending religious events with children present until his arrest in 2022. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah, this this is coming into our half hour of stories that nobody really, <laughs> nobody is hearing, but we really didn't know we didn't want to hear them. So, um, a Pennsylvania, uh, well, good Lord, I don't, I almost want to say this. A Penn State educator was busted for having sex with his dog. So, new charges uh, dropped. Uh, 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 yeah, he was, uh, he was arrested. Uh, and he faces new, fet, new and fresh charges. You know, most European nations do not have these theology charges. That's not a charge. They'll charge you for, for, um, for um, what do you call it? Animal cruelty, but there's right. no law that. Mm. So, and, and I like to remind black folks, you know, when black, white folks use the term um, screwing the pooch, we don't know that term. <laughs> That's what that means. You made a mistake. Wow. So you hear a white person say somebody just screwed the pooch, it means that they made a mistake. But mm. that should be Seattle. That's not a mistake. Yeah. Somebody need to go to Yeah. yeah. Yep. Have you ever heard that term at work? What, BC Oh, screw No, no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard that a couple times, man. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Black folks don't use that term because we just, it just, it's not a term that we use, but that's where it comes from. Hmm. Somebody screwed the pooch. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something that we didn't need to know on today's show. All right. Now, a Canadian serial killer cannibal who murdered at least 26 women, fed them to his pigs, he's now eligible for parole. Huh? So, yes, Canadian officials are under fire for this guy, Robert Pinkton, one of Canada's most prolific serial killers, um, has become eligible to apply for parole. So the family is falling out. He killed 26 women. You know how he get life in prison? No. You know, he's white, right? And the women were black. I could have, you know, I started to hold this because all of these stories we could have played black or white with, but we know better that this guy killed 26 women. They said at least. They didn't say it was 26. They said at least 26. And he's eligible for parole. That tells you something. A black person can get arrested for. Now, Wesley Snipes was in jail for three years, and he paid his taxes when his accountant didn't pay them. His accountant didn't go to jail. Wesley Snipes went to jail. Three years. Wow. This guy kills 26 women, and he gets to come out of prison. Of course. Yeah. And OJ did time for blocking the door. Somebody stole his stuff. He goes to his hotel room, and they said because he was standing in front of their door, he imprisoned the guy who stole the stuff. But the guy who stole the stuff didn't go to jail. OJ did. Nah, we all knew what that one was about, man. Yeah. Come on, man. That, 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 that reminds me. Yeah, that reminds me. I'm going to do OJ uh, a solid before we get off this program. Because I'm going to talk about Dr. Sebi in a second. But we're gonna, I'm going to um, kind of clear that up. Because I know I mentioned him twice today. And... Um, 
I think we need to correct history when that information is available. So as far as that's concerned, I know everybody keeps thinking OJ killed that woman, but I'm here to tell you that, um, you know, Ashley Bailey, and if you, you know, not old enough to remember the show Ironside, they should remake mm-hmm. Ironside. Remember yeah. Ironside? I do. It should oh, make definitely. Yeah, so I was around when there was only three three network channels, so some of those Ironsides was in black and white. <laughs> yeah, they were re- most definitely. Yeah, they were repeating those. So it's not that we're that old when they came out. It's just that they didn't have a lot of programming, so they would play Ironside. So there's evidence that O.J. Simpson's innocent was held back in 95 in that trial, which he was acquitted from murdering his ex-wife and her friend in Los Angeles. But one of his former attorneys in a 20,000-word document entitled The Simpson Verdict, um, F. Lee Bailey, who was the attorney, revealed that four people who could have um, bolstered his case, but they never testified. So in the verdict, Bailey said that in 1995, the defense team was prepared to call four witnesses, a forensic scientist, um, an expert on battered women, a blood expert, and a person whose possibly testimony, whose possible testimony, he said, was the most important of the four. It's a man who may have seen the killers. And that witness, he wrote, saw the woman, um, Simpson, um, the night of the murders, a woman matching Nicole Simpson's description in an apparent um, confrontation with two men, and neither one of them was O.J. Mm. He saw them. He was walking his dog, saw him, turned around and went back the other way because he saw them outside and it was chaos. But he lived on the street. Really? Yep. So, and that guy never testified because the def- so because Marsha Clark and Darden, who was actually sleeping together, by the way, during that trial, but we ain't going to go through that. No um, funny. No funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we don't, we ain't gonna be bringing them old stuff. But they, um, since they didn't really prove their case, Ethley Bailey said we're not putting on any evidence because we're just prolonging this trial. It was already didn't that thing like two years. Club was yeah. Seems like it was a long time. Um, so the defense decided not to um, call any witnesses to the stand to fear that the additional jurors would have been dismissed or mistrial. Um, declared the trial was eight months. By the way, it didn't. Um, they figured it wouldn't come to an end because you're just risking, you know, people getting dismissed and them having a mistrial. So they didn't call any. But yeah, so they some they actually had a witness. Um, now he also claimed that the real killers. This is Ethel Bailey, Simpson's attorney. The real killers were out to collect a drug debt and killed Nicole Simpson and Goldman after mistaking them for their targets. Really? So, yeah. So, you know, after all of that, after all of that, people still run around here um, on television shows, um, comedians. Like, they all keep throwing that man's name out there like he killed her, but they would never correct a record. Right? So, that's because uh, he doesn't look remorseful. You know who don't look remorseful? People who didn't do it. <laughs> That's pretty much how life works. It's like, you need to say you're sorry. For what? <laughs> now, now, in Virginia, a babysitter is charged with murder after leaving an 11-month-old baby for six hours in 100-degree heat. Ooh. And, um, yeah, the, the 
the dog that, you know, this woman was 40 years old. Mm. So she was charged with murder. Should have played black and white on this one, too. Um, she was charged with murder for leaving an 11-month-old child and a dog in the car, resulting in both of them, both of their deaths. I don't really understand what's going on here. Like, something, I, you know what, I'm missing something. Now, I am really kind of missing something. Because it seems kind of strange to me that, um, you know, I don't know. Like, the prosecution ain't the same when it comes to black folks, but I'm, I'm missing to why a 40-year-old woman would leave a baby in the... What, do you think you can crack the window? And yeah, like, I, I don't care if the baby sleep. You, you put, that, put that baby up, you talk, you take it in, which doesn't make no sense to me at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, 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 again, it's just strange. Now... Um, you know, I have a, <laughs> I guess I should have saved this to the end, but there was like a, uh, happily married man question if his wife is having an emotional affair with one of her former, with one of her former coworkers after he busted her for lying about a suspicious midnight text. So the husband has appealed advice from social media of all places saying that yeah. he's suspected wife of 15 years of having an emotional affair uh, with a text worker, uh, with an ex-worker, co-worker. So I have a question for you. I have a question for you, Elias. So is that, is there such thing as an emotional affair? <laughs> like, I'm not even understanding this. Either you're having an affair or you're not. Well, you know, some people say if you talk to them, it's all garbage. You ain't even out with you. you. You sleep with them. You ain't sleep with them. One or the other. So, some people say that if you talk to the woman and you're doing all this stuff and you, you then you're cheating with her. It's like, how is that cheating when I'm just talking? I ain't speaking with her. Well, some people will say, well, because you're supposed to talk to your wife and, you know, not, not supposed to be with this other person. Okay. You ain't staying a ding a too. I'm good. Right. About it. You know. Yeah. Now, so this is a hard one for me because, that would mean I've been sleeping with a, I mean, I've been having an affair with a lot of people's wives because I mm-hmm. actually don't have a problem talking to, talking to people. And, you know, it's like an issue of saying, oh, you're having an emotional affair. Sometimes you don't, like, mm. if, if they're not, are you, are you having an emotional affair with the woman that's working on Sports Center, <laughs> right? Because you listen to the her. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, how's that? Y'all bonding over football. Like, how is that an emotional affair? A lot of people say your wife is supposed to be your best friend, and, you know, you're supposed to be able to talk to her about everything, and your husband the same thing. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say that was made by some woman. Because Mm -hmm. technically you can't can't hold people to that and be like, well, I'm supposed to be the only person that you talk to. Mm -hmm. So for him to say that, maybe she accused him of it, and so that was kind of like payback. Mm-hmm. say, well, you talk to other people. But, yeah, I don't know why he would go to social media because he's going to get a lot of bad advice in that piece. <laughs> that oh, does not want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a couple from California, they earn, they earn a combined $200,000 salary a year, claiming they can't afford to have children. So they said that this decision comes as the, the given cost of raising a child to the age of 17 
reached, um, they said $310,000. So that's $26,000 more than 2017. Huh. So, uh, of course, the, the panic is that birth rates are, are plummeting across the country with over a quarter of a million fewer births since 2012 um, in the United States. There are more than a quarter million fewer babies born in the U.S. from 22, um, in 2022 than 2012, according to the CDC. And I have one more number that's, that's worse than that. There are no, there's no declining birth rate among black folks, for one. There's no declining birth rate with Hispanic. But since the last census, there's a declining birth rate of white folks in the United States at about, I think the number was 2.1 million people. So there are more white people being dying than being born in this country. And now everybody's panicking. But there's no declining birth rate. It's just a specific group. So now we're all put on alert. And that's why you have your abortion bans and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know California is expensive, but... Um, yeah, they're saying two hundred thousand dollars is not enough to raise a child. Mm. Wow. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't even I don't even know the answer to that question. I'm like, okay, well, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell them. Like that's a uh, something that we just have to leave sitting out there. Now, um, let's see. I, I wanted to, to go into Doctor Sebi because I know we're running up against it, but. And just for a little history, it is black history, but it's just regular history for black people at this point. Um, and white folks share with black friends. If you have, no, I'm just joking. All right, so in 1988, <laughs> when the USA Research Institute won its case against New York State Supreme Court, it was the first victory of its kind. The victory included the right to practice the healing traditions of our forefathers, that's black folks in particular, by using herbs and other natural um, nutritional substances um, that are considered that are consistent with our genetic structure. So, Usha Village, who Dr. Sebi has passed, but they said their premise and their methodology was proven effective and true. Um, in prior years, over um, 2,700 other organizations, including medical doctors homeopathic doctors and herbalists has tried and failed in their efforts to um, validate their position. In 1988, the Supreme Court, they're the first ones to win in the Supreme Court, by the way. In 1988, the, the Supreme Court in New York State um, challenged their methodology, and the presiding judge, this woman, um, Ann, um, Judge Ann Felton, ordered that the Institute present nine patients had successfully treated their diseases and the institute, you know, whoever they claim the cure. And 77 patients apparently appeared to testify, including a client who flew in from Italy. Um, each client was required to bring their medical records from an accredited medical institution, where white folks said that it was accredited, um, indicating their disease that they prior received um, treatment from. And... Um, you know, including like AIDS and HIV cases, and where they had it and they no longer existed. So, as a result, mm. in September 29, 1988, won their right to utilize any substance in uh, herbal compounds, uh, regardless of approval from the Food and Drug Administration, 
And at the time of that victory, 2,789 cases with medical doctors and homeopathic doctors appeared to the state Supreme Court for various reasons, and they all lost. Wow. That black black man was the first one to win. (laughs) You know, and so the, the point that this point always makes is, if white folks wouldn't oppress black people, can you imagine hmm. the invention or the innovations that could have happened in this country without telling black folks they can't Unbelievable. They spent Unbelievable. So much, so much time and effort oppressing black folks that they're like, these, these accomplishments that black people are having <laughs> are off charts anyway, and they still are like trying their best to stifle this. Yeah. So. Yep. So through that judicial process, the Supreme Court was made aware of um, ten biomineral balance. In effect, it was a landmark court ruling that supported the rights of black people, of the black race, to practice a system of nutrition that was consistent with our, um, with our genetic makeup. So, you know, it started because he put an ad in one of, and he put an ad in the black paper, by the way. No, I guess I think he put it in a couple <laughs> other papers. But when they saw that this cures AIDS and, you know, gonorrhea and all these other things, um, you know, New York State came in and sued them. They arrested them, and they brought in medical professionals, and he ate them up on court, in court hmm. because they literally said, hey, you can't prove that it works. And when he called, um, they said, bring in seven people, and he brought in whatever number he brought in. They were just overwhelmed, and the judge said, oh, that's too many people. It's like, you want me to bring in people who wear heels with medical <laughs> records? <laughs> so, yeah, they, they brought in 77 clients to testify. Mm. And, um, you know, so today over 80 I mean, well, that was back then, cured over 80 HIV and AIDS patients were cured through Dr. Fevy, including this guy from Honduras um, who came in to testify as well. So, and they had to, I can give you the details if you ever want, if y'all want to write J or something, need some details. I can, I can give you But you're not going to be happy that I can still answer the question. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. Wow. So anytime I see stuff pop up with Dr. Sebi, okay, so speaking of this, and I know this is going to seem off topic a little bit, but, you know, there's a this white guy who claims to be a Dr. Sebi expert. <laughs> of course he's going to capitalize off of it. Wait, isn't there some irony to that? So a black man figures out how to heal your body, and then a white man takes credit and says, yes, since he's dead, I'm the expert on what he was talking about. I think we all heard him, and yeah. so he he's around telling people, you know, what findings Sebi had and how to heal his people. Well, he's not just doing that to white folks, but he's just like he's an expert on what what he was using. <laughs> of course he, he is. is. When he was living, y'all were calling him crazy. Yeah, of course he's an expert because he wants to get rid of your black ass, and that's what he's gonna do. And right. I don't trust white people right. in the kind of medicine. That's why I got black doctors. Hell. And when they tell they sit there and tell me stuff like, you know, like, do you trust this black doctor? You damn right I do. Because they, they know me better than you. 
Yeah, you know, I have um, um, I've heard many stories about people going to a white doctor. They're telling them, "Oh, that's never gonna get better. You're never gonna get healed." And then they go to somebody else, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many stories we hear of that. So, yeah, do do a little research, and if you want to figure out. Um, I, I'm not advertising. They're not a sponsor of ours. But if you want to find um, Dr. Sebi stuff, you can find him on YouTube. You know, get here directly from from Dr. Sebi. I'm not even sending you to his clinic because I don't know who may have co-opted that piece by now. <laughs> right? Because there's always there's always conspiracy theories around that. When you look at it, left down the channel. She was into what Dr. Sebi was into. She was just like, oh, this is this this man has, has shown me a new way, a new light. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Yep. She, ends up, she ends up dead. I was like, yeah, I guess. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, because what she said was, while she was there, she was like, everybody's going to know who he is when I get back. Mm-hmm. And she never made it back. Right. Right. But one of the things that Sebi was working on is, you know, he really was setting up a clinic. He wanted to set up all of these facilities all over the world to, um, like, healing centers. So when people travel to Usha Village right now, you know, their water's alkaline, and they get these, um, they eat, like, fruits and vegetables and whatever. They clean their body, essentially. It's like an intercellular kind of cleanse is what they kind of call it. But Dr. Sebi was trying to build those in different parts of the world. And some, at some country, whoever the president was, they, um, before he died, I think they guaranteed him, like, millions of dollars to open up the first clinic. And he wanted to put, like, semi-trucks, you know, the the milk, um, when they transfer milk, it's those round milk Mm semi-trucks. Well, he wanted to put, um, like, hundreds of gallons of water, like a real alkaline mineral-based water and um, fill up pools with them to start treating people around the country. Really? And he died. Yeah. Hmm. I remember when he announced that, I was watching him speak about it, and he was saying he they got the financing and they're ready to go. And that man died maybe three months after that. I think he was killed. Yeah, well, I, 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 I did say died. He was killed hmm. three months after that. He was detained for having too much cash when he went into his country is what they said. He had a receipt from his account where the money came from, and they kept him in jail. And and um, and I think he got sick and got pneumonia or something. Mm-hmm. They kept they let him sleep on the floor, and the war in the from what I understand the floor was always damp. It was always wet. So whoever they listen. That man was on a path to do something that nobody else had seen before, and I don't think anybody wanted him to do it. No, the medical so, industry definitely didn't want him to do it. So the medical right. industry, it's all about money. He was, hey, are you trying to get healthy? Anything that gets you healthy, they don't want. No, they, they're against it. They rather have yeah. you keep coming back to them. Sit back. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, I honestly think that there's just from dealing with African nations, if African nations set that stuff up first and European countries didn't do it, but they're saving all these black folks who don't have a negative birth rate, by the way, and they're saving them, I think that was 
something to say, hey, there is a conspiracy in there. There's something that's going on that um, we need to watch out for. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Dr. Sebi was, um, I mean, I, I was trying to bring him here at some point. Really? I was, I, yeah, yeah, I was, I reached out because while he was, he was doing that, it was right when everybody started really hearing about him. And I was like, I need to catch him early before yeah. he is, you know, unreachable. And, uh, I mean, you know, Dr. Sebi was in his, was he 80? Yeah, he's probably yeah. in his 80s at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I was like, we got to get him, we got to get him here. So it was one of those things. So for your black history moment, that's something that all black people should know. Everybody else should know too, but I'm just saying we don't do history just to enlighten the people who are oppressing everybody else. So <laughs> just for that sake, you know, we want to make sure that you get some information and go look up Dr. Sebi if you need to find him. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, and, and their their company is um, – I forgot what it's called, Dr. Sebi something. It's in California, but you can still get those herbs right now. The guy who's the chemist, I uh, can't think of the Mexican guy's name, but the guy who actually was mixing those combos, um, the concentrations and stuff, that guy's still living, the guy who works for Sebi. To, I need to reach out to them, man. Uh, I'll get that website yep. and reach out. You know. Yeah. Yep, I, I, used to, um, I used to order stuff from my mom from them all the time. So, yeah, I'll definitely send that out. It's, it's, um, Dr. Sebi, um, I think it's just drsebi.com. You can actually okay. reach out and get them. Okay. So, yeah. I'll do that. Yep. Anytime. And if you can't, can't find them, matter of fact, let me pull up my Dr. Sebi right here. Because <laughs> I was, you know, actually, I keep one of the cards on me. So, really? oh, I'm sorry. It's drsebicellfood.com. Okay. If you want to go look it up. Okay. Well, but, yeah. Let me get a pen, my pen out, man, and put that, that down. I'll, Dr. Sebi, cellfood.com. I'll, actually, I'll send it to you next time. Okay. Dr. Okay. Sebi, And, like I said, they, they will consult you on the phone, too. You don't have to buy anything. You can say, hey, yeah. here, what do I need to cure this or whatever? And they will, they can't give you medical advice, but they can tell you how to clean your system. That's yeah, what that really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could, Samantha, that would be great, brother. Thank you. Yep. You, you got it. I know we're over by a couple minutes, but we'll definitely get together up next week. Yeah, sir. Okay. All right. I'll see you next week. All right, bro. Take it easy. All right. All right. Take it easy.